Welcome to the Worst Bestsellers, where we read about a glistening love triangle, so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. Joining us to discuss the second Twilight book is Caroline, certified middle-aged person and star-crossed Twilight enthusiast. Welcome, hello. Caroline. Oh, hello. I, I went too fast. Do we need to Yeah, do I was, was going to welcome you. Okay, sorry. You've now been welcomed. Yay! <laughs> I feel like, okay, first of all, this is our one-year anniversary of this podcast. Congratulations to us. Yes. And I don't, no one has ever commented on this, so I don't know if anyone has noticed, so I don't know if I should call attention to it, but Kate and I cannot ever decide or remember if our tagline is, we read about or we read about, and I feel like we switch back and forth every time. <laughs> now you're all going to listen for it. I should have said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is really the English language's fault and not yours. I know, because we type it out, and then every time... Because sometimes I feel like it makes more sense past tense and sometimes present. Yeah, sometimes it just sounds better past tense. I yeah. think it depends on, like, how generic the bo- the topic of the book is. Then you could say, we read about, because you read about those things a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, oh I, exactly that. And also, we read is a little bit harder to say than we read, because mm-hmm. with we read, it's real easy for it to come out we weed, <laughs> which I do at the library, but not in this podcast. We gotcha. are notoriously bad at recording the intro. Like, there are times where we'll do it, like, five or six times because we fuck it up so much. Yeah, and I think we definitely fuck it up way more when we're trying for we read than when it's we read. Although sometimes it's totally other things. Hey guys, this is the kind of quality content you've come to expect after a year of these podcasts. I hope you're enjoying this. That is a great Easter egg. (laughs) We've cleverly buried it right at the start of the podcast. (laughs) For people who have been listening for a whole year, then you probably will remember that Caroline was our very first guest and the very first book that we discussed was Twilight. So, you know, symmetry. Yeah, so it, it seemed fitting to have her back for this. And some podcasts celebrate like even numbers and like we probably will if we get to like 50 or 100, but also the 1 year anniversary seemed important, yeah. especially for a book that's so concerned with the passage of time as these <laughs> books are. So concerned. I, it opens with Bella having a midlife crisis and as someone who recently turned 40, I deeply related to her trauma about turning 18. Which actually, to be honest, I was probably more freaked out when I turned 18 than 40 because it's kind of still new to you to have birthdays be significant and such. That's true. Before we get into the book, so as anyone who follows us on social media or who listened to the last episode probably knows, we decided to mark the occasion of our one year anniversary that we were going to play a drinking game while recording this episode. We solicited suggestions for our drinking game from all of social media and we had a whole bunch of people who rose to the challenge and sent us suggestions so we would like to thank the following people for humoring us with their suggestions um on twitter all that i have met okay sarah uh i don't even know how to pronounce naomi's twitter name. there you go uh christy books and yarn kiki lula who I don't know their real name, sorry. Uh, Danielle, who's Lady DPW. Mersky Shells. 
Mike Grinty, Mingerslug, um, Rachel, Miss RRG, and Sigrid, who you may also remember from Dianetics, which again, we thank her for reading that. <laughs> and then on Facebook, we also got some suggestions from Douglas, Elvina, Jake, and Paola. Sorry if we said your names wrong. And thank you again so much. Um, thanks to, also to everyone else who just has listened to us or is listening to us now. And thanks to Stephanie Meyer for just giving us so much content. <laughs> so we took all of your suggestions and some of our own. And initially we thought that we would theme it sort of towards New Moon. But it's kind of hard to make a content themed drinking game for a review podcast. So what we ended up doing instead was taking everyone's suggestions and creating a sort of general worst bestsellers drinking game based on things that we say and do a lot. So you can go on our website and we'll have the rules up there as you're listening to this and you can play along with us unless you're like listening at work, then that's probably a bad idea. One of the first times I got in trouble as a youth was I was in junior high and I was at the public library and I was on some like X-Files fan forum and somebody had posted an X-Files drinking game. So I was actually maybe I even tried to print it. I don't know. But a librarian told me that it was not appropriate for me to be looking at that. And I genuinely didn't understand why, because like in the rules, it said that you could do it with soda if you didn't want to drink alcohol. And I was like, obviously, like, I don't drink alcohol. I just think this game sounds fun, to do, <laughs> you know, like with my one friend and some Sprite. God. That's so, so sad. I, I know. Anyway, so, you know, if you do not drink alcohol, you can play this game with Sprite or whatever you feel like drinking. Yes. And you can come print it out at my library, and I will not stop you, no matter what <laughs> age you are. So, really quickly, we're going to read our rules. There are 15 of them, and uh, then we're going to get started talking about New Moon. Yay! So, rule number one is, anytime we say something that might jeopardize our relationship with our valued sponsor, ChristianMingle.com. Mm-hmm. Anytime we angrily defend something, even if we don't like it that much. Anytime we favorably compare a character to Christian Grey. Anytime we apply lessons learned from self-help books we've read. Anytime we reference any other book we've previously read. Anytime we resent a character's mansplaining. Anytime we promote a movie or TV show over a book. Anytime we suggest specific ways to make the book better. That includes us interjecting uh, the fanfiction that we would write of this book. <laughs> Anytime anyone endorses fan fiction as being better than the book. Anytime Renata, that's me, references something she heard on a podcast other than this one. Anytime Kate, that's me, says this was a book. <laughs> Anytime we say literally. Anytime we call something garbage. Anytime Duarte interrupts. And anytime our guest thinks that the book is much worse than Kate and Renata do. Because their standards have been drastically altered by this podcast. Hooray! Yay! Okay, so um, I, before we even started, I drank a Blue Moon beer with dinner because Blue Moon rhymes with New Moon, obviously. And then uh, during the podcast, I've got something a little bit stronger. I made a Dark and Stormy with some uh, rum and ginger beer. And I'll be sipping that anytime we do any of this stuff. 
I pre-gamed the drinking game by doing a shot of rum because I have a very high alcohol tolerance and I was afraid I wouldn't get drunk enough if I just sipped a drink (laughs) the whole time. Um, I also made a dark and stormy, so shout out to Sarah, who drinks many dark and stormies, especially when we're hanging out together. That's also my favorite mixed drink. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. I feel closer to you now. (laughs) Yeah, I suggested the dark and stormy because it's also one of my favorite drinks, but I've been kind of busy this week, so I didn't actually get to the liquor store. I did, what I do have is some sort of $8 red wine that I got that's called Apothic Dark and has a very um, g- sort of gothic type font on it. It is a red blend from California. It tastes pretty nasty, but I have a feeling it, it, it'll do the job and um, that is about it. And that is my cat. So I don't know if we have to drink when Hadassah interrupts the podcast. Let's drink. Yeah. Drink! Yeah. The Dark and Stormy, I think, was uh, we were originally trying to think of things that would be themed and uh, we'll link to this, the website Forever Young Adult that reviews young adult literature. They have a new moon drinking game that's for the movie. So we'll link to that for anybody looking for something more specific to new moon versus the worst bestsellers game that we had. But they had some suggested cocktails, like uh, Blood Orange Sangria is a good uh, good Twilight thing because of, of blood, obviously. <laughs> and I think originally I thought we were, we all thought we were going to be a little more ambitious with the cocktails, but Dark and Stormy is also fitting because that's kind of like how Edward and Bella's romance is. And also it's dark at night when there's a new moon because a new moon is actually no moon. Yeah. Yes. Astronomy facts. Yeah. All right. And then last thing before we really dive into this, we just wanted to really briefly address the fact that there's been a lot of good and smart things written about um, race and the Twilight books, uh, particularly New Moon, because if you don't know, the werewolves are all American Indians from the Quailute tribe, which is a real tribe, which Stephanie Meyer sort of researched, but then made up a bunch of stuff. And... You mean they're not really all werewolf shapeshifters? Or at least if they are, they're not talking about it. Right, right. They're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. So we want to just sort of table it, I guess, that like, you know, we're three white ladies. We know it's kind of problematic. We don't really want to talk about it while we're drunk. Yeah, Uh, it doesn't really feel kosher for us to be drunkenly shouting about race as three white ladies. But we do think that it is something that... um, you should definitely look into and we're going to have some links to some good think pieces uh, in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so let's let's get started then without yes. any further ado, since we have already had a moderate amount of ado. <laughs> this starts off with, as as Carrie already mentioned, with Bella mourning the fact that she's about to turn 18 because Edward, her vampire boyfriend, is forever 17 and she's freaked out about being older than him. Although it's just, like, he is, like, 110 years old in years, just not in body. So it all seems a little bit Yeah, weird. especially because she doesn't, like, she never says that her specific problem is, like, later on she says, like, oh, like, I don't want to get old. And she has, like, this weird dream where she looks like her grandmother and she's still with Edward. But in a lot of the narrative leading up to her birthday party what she looks like is not necessarily a specific concern of hers as much as 
literal aging is. You said literal, but not literally. Should we drink or? I think so. I think that's close yeah. enough. <laughs> I'm literally drinking right now. Oh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. Delicious. Yeah, so it's it's weird. It's really weird. Her whole thing with aging. Um, And then later on, she freaks out at the thought of becoming 30. Like, that is the worst. Just so the worst. Old. So old. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't want to celebrate her birthday at all. But, of course, her parents have both gotten her gifts. Um, her mother sent her a scrapbook that she wants Bella to fill up with memories. And her father gave her a camera, theoretically, so that she could take pictures of memories to fill up the scrapbook with. I do think that it's kind of interesting. So these books were published, I think the first one was published in like 2007? 2005, I think. It's the 10-year reunion. Or not reunion. Anniversary. Anniversary, yeah. So it's 2005, which at that point I was in college and I know that Bella doesn't have, like, a ton of money, but I think that digital cameras were pretty prevalent at that point. And also cell phones, which I don't think that they have. Yeah, yeah. I think in the beginning, I think somewhere in Twilight, she maybe mentions they don't have very good signal there or something. But that still wouldn't really explain the, her actually physically taking photos to get developed. But, you know, I, I feel like the sort of the technology lag on fiction is close enough that it probably didn't really stand out when it was published. Right. Especially yeah. given that they're sort of poor-ish and they're in sort of a small town. And I think, too, because I feel like we spoke, we talked about this when we read the first one that probably the gap between when Stephanie Meyer wrote this and when it was published, I think fell right on that divide because like 2003 was when I got a cell phone, but my brother, when I was 18, and my brother also got a cell phone in 2003 and he was 16 because most of his friends already had them. But when just the two years earlier than that, I when I was 16, none of my friends had a cell phone. So I think that just around that like 2005 period was right kind of on the cusp of technology taking over. Like iPhone, the first iPhone came out in 2007. So it was, I think, also a very weird time for a book to be published about a teenager. I don't think many books published after that point and written after that point would not have that sort of technology in them. Right. And Okay, my... My favorite thing about her scrapbook is how she decides she's just going to, like, get it over with and take all of the pictures in one day and then just be, like, done with scrapbooks. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, and I get it's partly because, like, she doesn't even want a scrapbook. She's just doing it to make her mom happy or whatever. But it's, like, that's not how it works. (laughs) You would ideally take them at different of i'm not gonna explain to you how scrapbook works okay. you are all normal humans and you know how it's supposed to work and it's not how bella's doing it <laughs> um so so it's her birthday her parents give her these gifts she goes to school what's her name alice and edward are waiting for her and they have presents for her and she's mad at them because she didn't want to celebrate her birthday and alice and Edward are kind of like, well, you're coming over to our house for a party after school and you have to come. And she's cranky about it. And she's cranky about everyone who says is nice to her that day. 
and cranky whenever anyone says that it's her birthday. And she and Edward come home from school and watch like a six hour movie. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't. It's Romeo and Juliet. They watch Romeo and Juliet. Yes. For foreshadowing. For foreshadowing. The the 60s Romeo and Juliet, which I assume she's already seen the um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes Romeo plus Juliet because she references Romeo being her favorite character. And I don't think Romeo is anybody's favorite fictional character unless they're just really into okay Hadassah says it's her favorite fictional character unless (laughs) they're uh we've been interrupted by a cat so I think we should drink okay drink so I guess cats like Romeo and so do do Bella people who have seen people who 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 saw that that um movie with Lerman Romeo and Juliet yeah at an at an impressionable age but they so they watch the movie and they go over to the Cullens house and they have a very long conversation about Romeo and Juliet in which Edward reveals that if she had been killed by James the year before he had a detailed plan of how he was going to off himself he can't live without her yes and she was horrified by that I just want, I wanted to mention that not that long ago, I re-listened to the first podcast that we did, and I realized that we actually, I don't think at any point, touched on the plot in which Bella is pursued by evil vampires, because it really shows up so late in the book. <laughs> it's so barely part of it. <laughs> and e- even as I was reading it, I was like, oh yeah, James, that was a thing. So anyway, that was, but yeah, so, but the significance of this, of this scene is very much just so Edward can tell her what he would do if he thought she were dead. No reason. No foreshadowing, just casual (laughs) birthday conversation. (laughs) So they go over to the Cullens, and there's, like, roses and candles everywhere, and a pile of beautiful crystal dishes next to a beautiful pink frosted cake, and a giant pile of presents. And and she didn't want any of it. She doesn't want presents or attention. She's so mad, but she also knows that it means a lot to... Uh, Carlisle and Esme in particular so she kind of grins and bears it and goes over to start to unwrap the presents and in what reads like the most hilarious comedy of errors ever she gets a paper cut on the wrapping paper Jasper freaks out at the sight of blood Edward rushes to protect her they go to restrain Jasper in rushing to protect her she falls onto the entire pile of dishes, <laughs> which shatter beneath her and cut her up so more blood pours out. <laughs> and then it's enough, like, you know, Jasper is the newest vegetarian, so he's very easily upset by blood. So everyone else could kind of handle the paper cut, but now she's, like, gushing blood, <laughs> and now everybody is upset about it. So everybody leaves except Carlisle, because he's... Uh, he's Dr. Vampire, Vampire Doctor, and he <laughs> is ready for this. He not only is able to fix her up without the blood bothering him due to his his diligent work as an emergency room doctor, but he also takes the opportunity to witness her about the truth of vampire souls, which I found very actually touching because it's not it's it's very it's sort of in this weird like sort of evangelical telling the truth about what I believe is true to this girl who's an unbeliever but then he says nobody has ever agreed with him about this (laughs) (laughs) I believe vampires have souls 
everybody else is like, eh, you know, and Edward is... every other vampire has oh, drink me for this. Oh, oh vamp- <laughs> w- w- why are we drinking vampire? Literally. Literally, yes, yes, yes. Every other vampire believes this, and it's, it, you know, it, it's, I, I just feel really sad for Carlisle, like, going through the years, and even, like, his wife and his other kids are like, whatever. Even Alice, who could see the future, is not impressed with his cosmology, so... Bella is the first person to ever think that this is maybe an awesome idea. So Edward does eventually come back in and he takes her home and he's very like cranky and distant and cold, not just because vampires are cold to the touch, but just because (laughs) emotionally cold, emotionally cold. And he puts her to bed and she can already tell that, that something weird is happening And over the next couple days, he continues to be very distant and quiet. And then one day, Alice doesn't come to lunch. And he tells her it's because Alice and Jasper had to go away because Jasper was tempted by her blood. And then he takes her home after school and goes on a walk with her in the woods and tells her that he doesn't love her anymore and his family is leaving, and she should never contact them again, and it's over, and he never cared about her, and it'll be like he was never there, and she'll have no memory, nothing left behind of him to remember him by. Yeah, he's, be like he's, he's he gone. takes all his stuff back, all the mix CDs he made her. <laughs> the literal, because his birthday present to her was a literal mix CD of music that he played for her. And he it's took true. it. And, did- and also, we need to drink for the literal next CD. Oh. <laughs> I'm discovering that I'm the worst offender of this. <laughs> and he also, I believe, swipes the pictures of him out of yeah, the, out of his scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> Just blank pages. <laughs> I wonder if he like been in the yearbook. Like, did the Collins just not show up on yearbook day? I mean, they can be photographed. Right, right. I guess then they're leaving kind of a paper trail for if people start to question they're not aging. Other people, yeah, I guess not. Because other people in the town knew that they were there. Like, they made up this story about how Carlisle took a job in L.A. and the pay was really good and they had to move immediately. And so they left. So other, other people were aware that they were gone. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I just mean in general. Maybe they don't want to participate in yearbook because oh, right, right, you know right. they don't want people to catch on to the fact that they don't age. Yeah, I don't know. But guys, can we just take a minute to talk about the the insanity of this whole premise, this whole vampires in high school premise? Because like, if Jasper flips out at literally drink, literally a paper cut, drink. Uh, what is he doing in high school? I mean, people get paper cuts. Girls are in their periods every day. There's all, you know, sports injuries. I feel like every day he should be having a flip out case like this. And it hasn't come up apparently until Bella opened her birthday present wrong. Bella's (laughs) blood, guys, does smell really good. I mean, I guess. But only to Edward, right? I don't know, because it's... But it's other kinda... people say it, too. Like, Laurent yeah. mentions it. But I think especially to Edward. But maybe in general, it's pretty good to vampires. Well, you know, I just assume just, I mean, maybe this has um, 
crossover with with what's his name Jackson Rathbone in the movies I just assume <laughs> that whenever he is at school Jasper is stoned out of his gourd and so I mean he looks like he's the one who looks like a complete stoner so maybe that's why maybe that numbs his senses to blood and so that but then he, for, he's like well I guess I will not be high for Bella's birthday party because I she's that important to my brother so can, that's my fan wank. can vampires do drugs I mean, it may not have a, like, drug effect on him, but it, it dulls his senses. Don't, because they, it's... don't they discuss this in the first book when she comments about how her blood is like his cocaine? Heroin. Mm-hmm. Heroin. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, <clears throat> not a hard enough drug. I'm sorry. Right. I, I'm just saying Jasper is pretty stoned most of the time. Okay. I, I believe it. <laughs> now can it. All right. <laughs> It is Does so. this count on a specific way to make the book better? Yes. 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 <laughs> Drink. Mm, gingery. So, yeah. So Jasper in high school. What a terrible plan. Also, being in high school over and over again for hundreds of years. What a terrible plan. I mean, I get it. Like, he needed to meet Bella or whatever. But what the fuck? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Why would you choose to do this? Yeah. Like, no wonder they were so grumpy all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so Edward leaves her in the woods, and she, like, loses her mind and runs blindly into the forest and crying and having a panic attack and freaking out. And then, like, curls up on the ground in the bushes and goes catatonic until someone rescues her. And then we get how many blank chapters? Four. Just, one for each month of her catatonia. It's just the name of the month and nothing. The yeah. name of the month and nothing. I reread this on audiobook, so basically it would just, they, the narrator would just say the name of the month, slight pause, etc. So yeah, nothing that Bella felt up to recording happened during that time, which, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a on-the-nose um, device, but I, I kind of got it. You know, I, I had the I had those months when I was 18. Right. I kind of liked that. I thought it, I don't know. And then I liked also that since it is from Bella's point of view, then we don't really know what she was doing. Like, we know it was enough that all of her high school friends have completely dropped her and, like, won't even talk to her. And, like, Charlie is so worried he's going to send her back to Florida, which is what finally gets her to snap out of it. Because she's like, no, I don't want to go to Florida. I want to stay in Forks, where Edward once was. Yeah, so she finally, after that threat, she decides that she's going to pretend that she's okay, and she speaks to her friends for the first time, and she asks Jessica at school to go to a movie with her, and Jessica does not really seem to want to go, but looks so genuinely hungry for that gossip that she agrees to it. I know. And okay, so famously, there's Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's point of view that was never published because it got hacked or something. And Stephanie Meyer didn't want to deal with it. But uh, what I really want is this book from Jessica's point of view. Drink. Yes. Where it's just like, that bitch Bella, like, won't sit with us anymore. Like, I knew she thought she was too good for us when she started dating Odin Cullen, but now he's gone, and she just, like, won't talk to anybody. What the hell? Oh, my God. Can you believe she asked me to go to a movie with her? Like, nothing for months and suddenly a movie. But, yeah, I'll go. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Now, that 
because Anna Kendrick plays her in the movie, and, and she's just, so good. really. So yeah, good. yeah, no, it's just so underutilized and um, but which really think- shining, really shining when, with the moment she has, which, by the way, we should drink because I am advocating the movie over the book. The movie is much better. <laughs> See, I actually this is one where I actually prefer the book to the movie, but I but um, I have like deep feelings about this book, which we may go into. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So Jessica agrees to go to a movie with her and we find out on the drive to the movie that. Bella won't listen to music anymore because it makes her too sad. So she turns the station to a rap station, which I know we said we weren't going to talk about race, <laughs> but the implication that rap isn't actual music is kind of hanging there in the text. Well, and I, it's also just because she doesn't just want to listen. She's afraid every song will be a love song, right? So I guess she, well, I, I don't it's know. partly that, but also Partly, I think, because music reminds her of Edward. Yeah, because he was a musician. That's how I read it, at least. All right. Yeah, no, I guess that I mean, also, like, she doesn't want to watch any romance movies or read any romantic books. So, like, she's anti-romance, but I think also just anti-music. Yeah. And so they go to a zombie movie, which freaks her out because she realizes she has been walking around like a zombie for the past four months, which, um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so that's upsetting. And then she has to tell Jessica that the reason she left is because she's scared, which Jessica is like, but you didn't look scared. You didn't look like anything. And Bella's like, leave me alone. (laughs) And then. So they decide after the movie to get dinner and she tells Jessica they can go wherever she wants. So she picks a McDonald's, (laughs) which is just a side, a strange side note. Um, But while they're walking to the McDonald's, they walk past a bar where there's these four shady guys standing outside. And it reminds her of the time the shady guys gave her shit when she was in Port Angeles with Edward, I think. No, not with Edward, with the girls. And she didn't know Edward was there, but he'd been stalking her. But then he rescued her. Yeah, and he rescued her because he could read their thoughts and he knew they were rapey guys. Yeah. So she decides that she's going to confront them. And as she's walking towards the bar, she suddenly hears Edward's voice in her head telling her to turn around and not do anything foolish. Because the one promise that she made Edward when he left was that she wouldn't do anything reckless when he was gone. (laughs) So then, yeah, so then we have Edward, you know, talking in her head and she's like, maybe I'm crazy. But it's a good kind of crazy because I get to hear Edward. So then she goes on to find out all the ways that she can be bad and reckless and, and cause herself pain in order to hallucinate Edward. May I say this is my favorite part of the entire series. Yes. Um, but also after this, uh, it really ruins her friendship with Jessica again. Jessica's like, I don't want to hang out with you. You are like suicidal or something and I cannot deal with this. So then she has really no friends left except for Mike Newton, who's the guy who kind of had a crush on her and Bella thought he was kind of pathetic and she still thinks that. And then this is what drives her, well, this and her desire for thrills is what drives her to Jacob Black, who she was briefly introduced in Twilight she finds some um, motorcycles that are being essentially given away on the side of the road and thinks back to her father saying that motorcycles are basically the worst and how many motorcycle accidents he has to clean up and is like, yes, this is super reckless. I'm into it. 
Um, so she gets the bikes and realizes that Jacob is really good at rebuilding cars, so he can probably help her rebuild the motorcycle and goes, brings the motorcycle secretly over to his house to ask him if he'd be willing to secretly fix them up with her and in as payment he could have the other motorcycle. And he's like, hell yes. Yes, he's super into it. He loves it being a secret. He loves that she wants to spend time with him. He obviously has a gigantic crush on her mm-hmm. still. And they do, like... See, here's here's where I'm torn about this. Like, I really want to like Jacob. I really like the idea that in the wake of Edward leaving, the only thing that kind of rouses Bella from her stupor is spending time with a platonic friend who kind of teaches her to feel things again and, like, kind of makes bad decisions with her, but in general, you know, is there for her and is there to help support her. But Jacob just constantly makes it weird with how obsessed with her and in love with her he is. And she's pretty clear the entire time that she's not into him, that she just thinks of him as a friend. And he essentially says, like, well, you say that now, but I bet if I hang around long enough, you'll change your mind. This whole middle section of this book is just, like, this fascinating exploration of the friend zone, which it sort of predates that idea. And I like that. I mean, I like the sort of complexity of the situation. I actually find it, like, really, like, genuinely emotionally moving that she is so, you know, into herself so unable to connect with anybody she finds this one person and but and I do I she kind of knows that he's into her like she's not at any point deluded about it and so she kind of realizes that she's I I, I don't want to say like leading him on in like a pejorative way like girls are not allowed to be friends with guys but there are times I think where she's kind of flirty with him and there are times that she at least realizes the way that he's seeing it is not the way she sees it and yeah, so I, mean, okay, I think she's very aware of it. Like, I think she is very because she she'll try to turn him off. Like they do this thing that I actually thought was really funny where he comments, oh, like, I think one of my friends has a crush on you, like a friend, oh, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, you know, he's 16. So ha ha. And and Jacob's like, well, 16, two years isn't that that much. And she's like, well, maturity wise. And they start to do this thing, which they do over several chapters where they estimate age based on like skills that you have and things that you can do and all sorts of stuff and it would be really cute if the driving factor wasn't him trying to prove that he's old enough to bone her yeah Yeah. and I just there's so much of it but I think you're right there's like so much of it that works but then you get those moments where Jacob is just like he doesn't know and it gets so much worse in the next book so that I actually was surprised that I liked this relationship much more than I remembered because it's a le- it's there's it's more subtle at least in this book than it is in the next one. So I was yeah, but it, yeah, and the next one Jacob definitely gets a little weird. Also, I want to jump back a little bit oh, and sorry. just say no, it, it's just jump back to what Kate was saying in that um, Carrie and I both were talking about how we listened to the audiobook <laughs> and the narrator says Jacob's name really weird. She says it like Jacob. But Kate says it like that, too. Oh, huh. That's a, that, Kate, we're going to put you on the spot. Pronounce that man's name. Jacob? No, no, it's not as much now, but earlier you said it more like Jacob. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But and it, she says that Jacob like kind of rhymes with hiccup, and she also says Bella like it's getting stuck on her tongue, and I don't really. It, it's it's very so strange. weird. Although partly I think it is because the only time Bella's name is said in the book obviously is when other people are talking to her. Right. Yeah. And, right. And half the time they're sort of questioning like Bella and the, like. <laughs> So a little bit, I could see how her name would come out like that in a right. question form, but right, she says right. it like that 100% of the time. Bella. Yeah. Bella. So, yeah, but, so yeah. I, I, I'm so, I'm torn. I'm the same way that you are, Kate, because there's, and, and I, how much of it is like, actually, this is the complexity of the relationship and how much of it is just that Stephanie Meyer just doesn't understand what she's yeah. doing. <laughs> I mean, I just want them to be bros. I want them yeah. to be bros so badly. And Instead, like, we get this one-sided relationship where he's very clearly into her, and she is still obsessed with Edward, and essentially, not, I don't want to say she's using him to do risky things so she can hear Edward's voice in her head again, because she does say she genuinely feels better when she spends time with him, even when they're just sitting in the garage working on the bikes. Yeah, yeah I mean, she talks about how his friendship is so important to her, and she can't imagine, like not being friends with him. And then I, I, and that's what I like. I would love, I would love it if in this giant mainstream best-selling book, the driving secondary relationship in her life was a deep mutual friendship with a dude who was just there for her when he needed her and was not doing it because he wanted to get into her pants. I mean, I think that's where we, well, I mean, obviously we're going to have to come back and you know, next year do Eclipse and year after that do Breaking Dawn. And then in Breaking Dawn, I do feel like the Bella Jacob friendship reaches its highest form. <laughs> but we Once can't even talk about that now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, fortunately, we do not get to imprinting in this book. But so. yeah, I think you're right. But okay, at the same time, again, okay, let's drink because I'm about to defend this, even though I don't like it that much, okay. although I do kind of like it. <laughs> um, I. I do like, you know, I think a lot of people kind of don't like Twilight, don't like these books because Bella's not a good feminist, like whatever, whatever. But at the same time, like I hella knew girls in high school who like, you know, once they got a boyfriend, they dropped all their friends, didn't talk to anybody, um, and then kind of went boyfriend to boyfriend, uh, or in this case, you know, a boy who was interested in them and just sort of like only wanted that male attention and it's not exactly what she wants but there's something like that happening here and I think you know obviously no it's not you know what we all want as a heroine who doesn't need a man and like has female friendships that are important to her like whatever but I think this is also a very real type of girl who exists in the world and and yeah I would not mind the way that they start out and sort of eventually them sort of coming to terms with just being friends. And I think like in this book, it's almost like that, but there are moments, there are just the moments where it, where the dynamic makes me uncomfortable and I wish it had been handled a little bit more subtly. And then also Jacob gets like really, really vampire racist every once in a while, but we may, we may not be there yet. Yeah, we can talk about that, but I also will defend Jacob's vampire (laughs) racism. I think he is correct. But it's not like it's the Cullens' fault that that. But we again, I think we're getting ahead of the narrative. But it is so, so, their fault. <laughs> but it's not so, like on purpose their fault. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I'm Team Jacob. <laughs> she starts hanging out with Jacob. They start fixing up these bikes together, and she's just there all the time. But 
like we kind of alluded to in that discussion, she discovers that being with him isn't, it doesn't make her forget about Edward, but it makes her feel human again for the first time in many, many months. Um, She really genuinely enjoys Jacob's company. So they work together on the bikes until the bikes get fixed. And she rides a motorcycle for the first time and freaks out and uses the controls incorrectly and hears Jacob uh, Edward's voice in her head again for the first time and happily cuts her head open on a tree and gushes blood all over Jacob and his shirt and her clothes because she heard Edward telling her that she shouldn't be doing this. And it, this may just be my feelings about Kristen Stewart's particular aesthetic, but I definitely remembered Bella riding motorcycles being a much larger part of this book than it actually was. So. <laughs> I'm also into that aesthetic. I think I think in the movie it is more of a percentage of it, just because the movie by necessity cuts down on a lot of the sort of narration angst, and it's more action only. Which, again, I think all the Twilight movies are stronger than all of the Twilight books, because just this change in media cuts down on a lot of Bella's sort of rambling narration and it's just like, here's what happened. And also Anna Kendrick is there. I and am also so we need to drink. here. Oh, I'm sorry. I am so here for um, Bella's rambling narration, but I will still drink. <laughs> all, all throughout this, Jacob is confiding in Bella that there's this weird thing going on within the reservation that there's this guy named Sam Uli who is kind of running what he thinks looks like a gang or a cult or something where a lot of the other teenage boys are sort of flocking to him and that the council elders are really deferring to them and letting them kind of run things in a weird way. And it doesn't seem like like they're not into drugs. They're not doing anything destructive, but people have changed and a lot of, a couple of, Jacob's friends aren't hanging out with him anymore. They're just hanging out with Sam and they'll do whatever Sam says. And he thinks it's really weird. And he's afraid that it's going to happen to him too one day. And Bella is very sympathetic to this. And you know, also kind of- you know, what's funny. And this is not stated explicitly in the narrative, but just listening to you describe the way that his friends act, they act like Bella after she got dumped. Like, maybe all the werewolves just got broken up with by Edward Cullen, and that's why they're acting so weird. I would make that pick. (laughs) But yeah, so eventually she realizes that she's spending, like, all of her time with Jacob. So she tells him, and she also acknowledges that she doesn't want to feel like she's leading him on. So one evening when he says, like, oh, do you want to hang out tomorrow? She says, oh, no, I'm going to the movies with my friends from school. And he's kind of like, oh, okay. And then she kind of softens and she says, okay, well, why don't you come to and invite your friends to come with us? Um, And he's like, all right, yeah, great. So she makes up this big group of people from school and invites a whole gang of people And then a couple people have a date and Jessica doesn't want to come and someone else gets the flu and someone else like gets a flat tire or something. So in the end, it ends up that the date that the big group outing to the movie is just Jacob, 
Bella and Mike Newton, the guy who has a giant crush on Bella. It's an amazing double date. (laughs) So they go to this movie together and it's like an action movie and the three of them are sitting together and she's like trying very hard. They're both like clearly angling to hold her hand. So she crosses her arms (laughs) and is kind of in her own personal hell until Mike gets very, very sick and she realizes that he has the stomach flu that a couple of their friends have. So they take him home. And on the way home, she notices that Jacob is burning up. He's very hot to the touch. So she's afraid that he has the flu as well. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm feeling kind of weird. So I guess I'll go home. And then the next morning, she gets the flu. Um, So she's out of commission for a couple days. And when she calls the black residents... Jacob's father says, oh, By the way, he's still... the Jacob Black residence. When he says it at first, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but also, I've been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob's father's like, oh, he's still really sick. He can't talk to you right now. And continues to do that for a long time. And then eventually tells her that he has mono and he's super contagious and he can't be around people. So she looks up mono on the internet. Uh, spoiler alert, it takes her a lot shorter amount of time to look up mono on the internet than to look up vampire on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and realizes that mono isn't really contagious. So she decides instead she's going to go over there and demand to know what is wrong and why she can't see the only person in the world who doesn't make her feel like garbage in the wake of Edward leaving. Aww. Aww. And so... Oh, garbage. Yeah. Oh, garbage! (coughs) Do you think we're at about the 50% point of this podcast? Time-wise, I mean, more, like, more than, depending on how long we want to make this run. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a special, supersized anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're at 48 minutes. My drink is, like, three quarters gone but i have another one ready i have i mean i have the stuff ready to make another one yeah i mean i'm bringing this up because it takes until the 50 percent mark of this book that is called new moon to confirm that the world werewolf has evolved in which i always i found fascinating especially the first time i read this that the whole first book it took her half the book to get to vampire which you know fine she doesn't really most people do not expect supernatural creatures to be living in their small Washington state town. Especially not going to high school because that's stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Also, but, but again, once again, it takes her half of this book to go, Hey, which to be fair, she has not been hanging out with werewolf Jacob the whole time. There's only a fairly recent development. Yeah. She did spend a lot of time being completely catatonic. Apparently point point. Yes. So, also, anyway. I just want to note that we're not at the part where she figures out that he's a werewolf yet. No, no, no. There's but, at but, least another 60 pages of the book where she's afraid that he's in Sam Yuli's cult. Yes. And starts freaking out and, like, stalking him and driving yeah. to his house and sitting outside of it and trying to get her dad to, like, do a raid on... But, like, he can't because that's the reservations deal and he's not supposed to cross over there. And so it takes her still quite a while to come to the werewolf conclusion, despite the fact that in the first book, Jacob explicitly tells her a story. That's right. About she only, how. 
his people are traditionally werewolves. <laughs> Which, again, I can understand thinking that was a metaphor at the time, but since she has learned that the vampires are actually vampires, then maybe, and then he, so Jacob shows up and starts giving her hints, and he says, I'm not allowed to tell you what's happening to me, but if you guess, you might figure it out and so the basic- and, and he says and i already told you you already yes. know like don't you remember when i told you stories of the beach and she's like oh yeah about vampires and he's like oh my god you dummy <laughs> <laughs> he's like of course you only remember the vampire part yeah, yeah. but um i will say when when these books and movies came out and i was talking about them i i mentioned in the twilight episode i'll mention again that this all kind of happened when i was in the peace corps and like everyone in my peace corps class was really into twilight and it was sort of like our american pop culture thing that we had going for us and we were talking about it and they were like oh well like of course there's werewolves like werewolves and vampires are like you know, traditionally enemies. And I never read a lot of horror. I never did, like, vampires or werewolves as a kid. So I never really realized that vampires versus werewolves was a thing until Twilight and until talking about it. And now I, like, have seen it in other books and movies and stuff. But so I feel like Bella is, like, you know, she never read Twilight either. Like, she doesn't know (laughs) that vampires and werewolves go together. So, except that he did well, already tell her the story. So he, basically, yeah. he's trying to get her to remember a thing he already told her. And then, does it come to her in a dream? Is that what I'm? Yeah, it does her? come to her in a dream. Aww. Which I also I briefly want to talk about the nightmares that Bella has, which oh, are yeah. just the like <laughs> of what is it? She can see Edward, but then he walks away from her all the time. It's something like that. It's like nothing really happens, but she always wakes up crying because it's just like a reminder that Edward left her. She wakes up screaming and wakes Charlie up every night because every single night. Yes. Sobbing and screaming at the top of her lungs about Edward from a dead sleep. And uh, poor Charlie has to deal with this. I I don't know why he didn't ship her off to Florida sooner. Poor Charlie. Anyway, so she fucking figures out that he is a werewolf, and he is so happy, but then they have this brief miscommunication where, oh, we forgot to mention that there's been some, like, big creature sighted in the woods that, of course, were werewolves, but everybody thinks it's a bear, and some hikers have been attacked. And when they were still BFFs after they made the motorcycles before Jacob turned into a werewolf. They had been hiking in the woods trying to find the meadow where Edward first sparkled for Bella. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so they've had like this map and they've been doing like this, I don't know, map hiking bullshit, trying to find it like in a mathematical kind of way. And when she he stops talking to her, she decides that she's going to continue on that quest and goes out into the woods to try and find it and finds it. And then finds Lauren, who the Laurent. Vamp- Laurent, the vampire who was running previously with the bad vampires, but then theoretically went to go live with the other group of vegetarian vampires in Alaska. But then she notices that his eyes are red instead of gold, which means that he's gone back to feeding on humans. And Edward's voice comes into her head again and tells her what to do to try and get him to leave her alone by pretending the Cullens are still in town. And right when he's going to kill her, these giant bear wolf 
things come out of the woods and chase him away. So she sees them too. She's also seen these giant animals in the woods that are, they think, theoretically hunting hikers. So once she finds out that Jacob is a werewolf, she thinks that he's a killer. She thinks that the werewolves are the people who have been killing the hikers. And they have this comical misunderstanding where he thinks she's mad at him for being a werewolf. And she's actually mad at him because she thinks that he's murdering people. And then he realizes, he's like, no, no, we haven't killed any of those people. That was the bad vampires. And she's like, oh, my God. Okay, I don't care if you're a werewolf. I just don't want you to murder people. Especially my dad, who's leading the manhunts for the missing people. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not. And they're like, oh, okay, it's cool. It's cool. We're friends again. Except I still want to bone you because that's weird. Okay, so I, I want to talk. We we already introduced the concept of the werewolf racism. But I want to talk about it. The only reason that they have... the kids in the tribe have begun to turn into werewolves and i think this gets explained a little bit more in depth in eclipse but it's because the vampires are there like their presence like activates the werewolf gene or whatever so that they because they talk about the treaty that they made with the collins and like fucking whatever but so they they are forced to turn into werewolves by the presence of vampires so that they can protect people from vampires because um it's guys it's just like the secret it's just like dianetics take a drink but the werewolf gene doesn't know that they are uh vegetarian vampires it just knows there's vampires there and so we got to make werewolves to protect people from them drink yes and apparently i read this on wikipedia when i was writing my rock paper snicked but apparently i guess the vampires once hunted werewolves to almost extinction and then didn't like, then some survived, and then the vampires went back to doing their thing. So, on one hand, I can kind of understand the werewolves hate vampires. And they kind of accept, when Jacob brings Bella into their fold, they kind of accept her because she has all this information about vampires. And it turns out that they are hunting Victoria, the vampire who was the mate of James, who kidnapped Bella, and who wants to kill her. And she's trying to find a way into Forks to murder Bella, but the werewolves have been stopping her. So she has all this information about Victoria, about why she's hunting, about who she's hunting, about where the Cullens have gone. So they're like, oh, this is great. This girl knows all this information about our enemy. And she's like, well, why are you enemies? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And they're super racist about vampires, like super racist. But, the, like, they didn't want to be a werewolf. It seems like being a werewolf sucks. And the vampires made them turn into werewolves. But well, like, did- I, I totally understand that. But at the same time, like, the Cullens aren't... Like, I understand the Cullens being there made them turn into werewolves. But, like, as vampires go, the Cullens are kind of live and let live. And I kind of feel like... The Cullens are gentrifiers. Listen, listen. Are you saying that the Cullens just need to stay in Alaska all the time? Yes. Okay. But so so because so you're you're hypothesizing that Carlisle knew what would happen from them being there and he just didn't care. No, he did because he signed the treaty with them. Okay, well, they have the, that's kind of a point. I still don't think that's a reason to get mad at like Edward and, and um, I mean Carlisle's just dumb, but I don't think that's a reason to get mad at Edward and Alice. But uh, 
Well, my, my point is more that the way it's not so much that reaction is the way that the reaction is written is in a very sort of like Jacob's reactions are always very like unpleasant. And then the vampires make a few reactions, comments about the werewolves, but they're they kind of like dogs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but I just think that the, the, the way, the, the way that Jacob's reaction is written is so unpleasant that it makes him, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't have any reason. But I'm just well. Yeah. I mean, also the werewolves. I guess they all have these hair, like these tempers. Now they're all like little Incredible Hulk vampires. And if they get slightly mad, then they like werewolf out. So okay. I guess. But that's also kind of a metaphor for being a teenager, especially a teenage but boy. Also, I I feel like this whole thing. Like I think they're both idiots. I think this whole treaty thing is very stupid. And I haven't read the other books yet. But <laughs> wait like, till next year, our second what? anniversary the fuck is even the like why why does this need to be a thing like why i mean i understand the the werewolves being like okay like we don't want you guys to to kill any humans and like that's our whole point is to protect the humans but at the same time once they find out that the cullens are vegetarians like it's this whole like oh well once a cullen is back we can't go into their territory to protect you and they have to protect you well what the fuck just tell the cullens what you're doing and work together instead of being like oh they're here they're here we can't leave the reservation like they're they're yeah it's almost like you've never read romeo and juliet (laughs) i just think it's stupid (laughs) <laughs> but, but but isn't that like the, I'm like this is what I, I'm trying to, to struggle here that like she really like hits the Romeo and Juliet metaphor and that is kind of about this sort of pointless family feud that has no basis so maybe that's what is happening I don't I'm know not... I just think it's dumb anyway we've guys been imagine I want to write out. a fan fiction now that is the game show right. family feud but Drink. it's werewolves versus um, werewolves versus vampires, like specifically the Quileves versus the Collins. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, but, but wait, would that would they be able to cheat then? Because Edward can read everyone's mind. Can he project thoughts too? But he cannot project thoughts, and also he cannot read uh, werewolf Werewolves. minds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, he can't, but he could like so that like I guess if he can't project thoughts, then they can't. But the werewolves can all read each other's minds, so they could like. Yeah. No, but that doesn't help you with Family Feud because you're allowed to talk in Family Feud. Oh, maybe I haven't. They would just need to read the audience members' minds, but that's done in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I've watched a lot of Family Feud. It comes on a lot when I'm at the gym. And, and let's move on. That only movie specifically relevant to your interest came on while you were at the gym. What? I thought that movies only relevant to your interests specifically oh, came on yeah. Well, when I work out in the evenings, when I work out in the evenings, the Fast and the Furious movies are on a lot, especially on Spike. <laughs> but if I work out in the daytime, then I get a lot of game shows. Just FYI. I feel like, I feel like we get a lot of drink. Uh, the Secret Works tweets when you're at the gym. Yeah, in the, in the evening, I get a lot of good movies or Chopped. But if I have to go in the daytime, then I get at game shows like Family Feud. Can we briefly talk? Because I don't want to go down a whole road with this, but the because I because I might have brought this up last time. But the werewolf metaphor and the vampire metaphor. One of the problems that I had with the original Twilight book is that the metaphor there that is is the the vampire who wants to con- who loves a person but wants to con- control his actions but doesn't have complete control over himself. That is not really the classic vampire metaphor that's the classic werewolf metaphor yeah. so that's already been done 
now in this book we have werewolves so it's like it's either exactly the same thing or it's just confusing <laughs> so yeah. i have i mean i would agree with you i would feel i feel like that the the whole you know fighting against your base desires thing was done in twilight with the vampires right even though that's more a werewolf metaphor and i feel like that's not really used as much in this one and it could be because we get much less time with the werewolves like she finds out that he's a werewolf literally at the 50% point of the book drink and then the last 25% of the book is spent with the Collins so there's really only like a hundred pages where she knows that he's a werewolf and the werewolves are a thing and I don't think that they really delve into that as a metaphor as much like there's some of it kind of within the oh when they get too angry they change anyway sort of thing but that's not really as much of a plot point as it was in twilight with edward Mm -hmm. i mean what stephanie meyer has done and i think part of the reason why a lot of like bros don't like these books is she's given us sort of like very gentle versions of these archetypes where like oh it's not a vampire who kills you um, the, you know, they're vegetarian vampires and it's not a werewolf who like, it doesn't have to do with the moon. Like they can control it basically unless they get too mad, but basically they can control it. And it's just like, it's sort of pointless. <laughs> I'm going to put on my horror fan hat for a moment. Please, please. And I, I feel like what she does is that she uses the, the characters, these supernatural characters not in the way that they're normally used in fiction, which is kind of what you're saying, like, which is kind of interesting because the vampire traditionally is usually sort of the seduction metaphor, the doing like the sexual awakening metaphor. Mm -hmm. You know, you meet this person and suddenly you're acting different and you're drawn to them and you're doing things more provocatively that you normally wouldn't do. And, you know, you know that they're bad for you and they kind of represent a dark side And that's usually the kind of dynamic here, which is very interesting because in Twilight, Edward will not be that for her. Like, she is attracted to him, but he is not the seductor. He, you know, won't go any further than kissing her. And even then, like, they're very chaste kisses. And he's a Mormon seductor. Yes. He'll admit his love for her, but he won't go any further. And he won't turn her into a vampire, spoiler alert, unless she marries him. Whereas the traditional werewolf metaphor is this whole, you know, losing control of yourself. But again, we don't get that through our protagonist. We get that through a secondary character who's not even, again, her seductor, but rather a friend of hers who's struggling with this. So she's taken these two archetypes that are used throughout horror literature and movies and things and instead of using them in the more traditional ways has kind of built her own story around a female protagonist and how she deals with these from her own unique point of view um, which is maybe me defending something that I don't actually like that much so maybe we should take a drink yay Guys, we're an hour and five minutes into this podcast, and I have finished my drink. I'm going to make another one while we talk. Okay. Well, so are we are we ready for for to wrap up the vampire plot as quickly as possible? Yeah, I guess we should maybe do that. Yeah. So, um, Jacob. So they're trying to figure out why Victoria. They're trying to stop Victoria from stalking Bella because Victoria has 
decided that since Bella killed James, her mate, that instead Well, Bella of, didn't. Edward no, did. Since Edward killed James, who is her mate, instead of killing Edward, it would be kind of poetic symmetry for her to kill Bella instead. So she's after Bella. So the werewolves are tirelessly patrolling the beach to look for her. And um, earlier in the story, Bella and Jacob had seen Sam and the other werewolf boys cliff diving. Mm. And she had decided this would be a good way to be reckless and get er, uh, Edward's voice. Get some voice. sweet Edward hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> I love Ed- cliff diving. To get Edward's voice back. So Jacob promises to take her one day, but then there's a sighting of Victoria or something. No, then um, Charlie and Billy, that's um, Bella and Jacob's dads, their friend Harry Clearwater has a heart attack and is in the hospital. So Jacob has to kind of run off to help deal with that. And she's alone and she decides to go cliff diving on her own without any supervision. So she dives into the water and hears her Edward hallucinations and there's a hurricane coming in. So the water is very choppy. And even though the dive itself is fine, she can't surface again because the currents are so tough. And there's a, there's a storm. Yeah, there's a storm coming in. So she almost drowns, but then Jacob saves her and they take her back home, but they find out that Harry has died. So Charlie's at the hospital And she is trying to get all her shit together to make the house nice for Charlie to do what she can for him. So Jacob takes her home and Alice is there. And Alice had seen a hallucination of her, not Not a hallucination, a a vision, a premonition, yes, of her diving off the cliff and thought she was committing suicide. So she's rushed to Forks to stop her. Even though she thought she'd be too late. And or, yeah, or to like, help Charlie cope or what, just fucking guess yeah. she's there. Yeah, she's there. And it turns out, it's kind of implied, I don't know, you guys can fill this in if this isn't true, that she can't see werewolves. Correct. Yeah. So she hadn't seen that Jacob saved Bella. So she's very shocked that Bella's alive. Jacob won't come into the house if Alice is there. So he waits outside and they have this whole conversation and she begs Alice to stay for a few days. And Alice reveals that Edward has been super torn up about her being apart from her and that she one night when she thinks Bella is sleeping, Charlie tells her all about what Bella was like in the four months of blank pages that we get in the book and how she was like weird and zombie like and comatose and screamed a lot and didn't have any friends and shit. And Bella eavesdrops on this. And Charlie goes out to the funeral of Harry Clearwater and Jacob comes over and they have a fight about whether or not Bella is going to hang out with the vampires anymore. And the phone rings and Jacob picks it up for whatever reason, for plot, because plot. closer to it. Yeah. And I, I always do that in friends' houses. I pick up their phones all the time. Yeah. And he answers at Swan Residence. And. Because he has manners. Yes. And when, <laughs> yes, and the other person on the other end says something and he responds, no, he's not here. He's at the funeral and then hangs up and he tells Bella that, oh, it was Carlisle Cullen looking for your dad. And then Alice comes in and she's like, shit, Bella, shit's happening. And it turns out it wasn't Carlisle. It was Edward. He was pretending to be Carlisle. And he thought that. The funeral was Bella's funeral because Rosalie 
told him that Alice had a vision of Bella committing suicide. So he assumed after he called the Swan residence and hearing that Charlie was at a funeral, that it was Bella's funeral. So he needed to go to Italy and kill himself. Because guys, Bella- guys, okay. It's kind of like Romeo and Juliet. Do you think that's on purpose? <laughs> Do you think Stephanie Meyer meant for this to be like Romeo and Juliet? I just, I don't know. Okay, I just, I just have two comments. Number one, the reunion of Alice and Bella, I feel, is very romantic. Oh, yeah, they cuddle oh, on the couch. And, and number two, I think that Stephanie Meyer is very confused about which parts of Romeo and Juliet make it an iconic story. And the, like, I think most people think, like, the whole, like, oh, there were misunderstandings is kind of the dumb part of the book. But that is the part that she focuses on the most. I mean, that is kind of the plot. Yeah, it's a, but that's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people like the speeches. and mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, does anybody even like Romeo and Juliet? Oh, yeah, let's... I don't know, the, Bella does. Whatever. I mean, like, I feel like that's, like, every high school girl's favorite Shakespeare play. And maybe I'm speaking from experience when my favorite Shakespeare play in high school was Macbeth, and every <laughs> girl that I knew's favorite... <laughs> My favorite Shakespeare play in high school was Romeo and Juliet, and I was kind of, and I was. And you were different from the other girls. Yes, in, admitted, admittedly, in high school, I very much embraced the "I'm not like other girls" label, but it was very annoying to me because I thought that was a very stupid story that people idolized. I, I will definitely. Macbeth is much better with murdering people to get political power. I'm into and that. witches and witches. When I start my drunken Shakespeare podcast, we we can sort of put a pin in this and, and, and get okay, back to yeah, it. invite okay. us on, have us as guests. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what was that? Anyway, yeah. Oh, so yeah, and so, so Edward, and this is uh, okay. There's two things about the sort of final like dash to Italy that I do not understand. Uh, I guess we should explain. His plan is to go to Volterra on the day of the some kind of fest. The Saint the, Marcus? Marcus? There's a, Marcus. There's Saint a festival. Saint a festival? Marcus, the saint who had, in theory, um, driven the vampires out of Volterra. But, but in actuality, the vampires rule Volterra still, but they do it so subtly that the Volterran residents don't realize it. Wait, is Volterra a real place? It is I, a real place. Oh, I looked really? it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> She, Stephanie Meyer had come up with the Volturi and had decided to invent a town called Volturin in Italy. But when she was looking at the map of the area that she wanted to place it, she discovered there already was a town called Volterra there. Is it actually a walled city? Thought that it was, oh, I don't know. It kind of is. It is. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. And, and figured that was like a weird, creepy coincidence. So instead, she placed it in a real city instead of the made up one she was going to invent. Because Forks is also real. Guys, let's take an international Twilight tour. <laughs> oh my God, let's do that for like the fifth anniversary. Can like, we we'll kickstart do- it? Would everybody oh donate for our airfare to yeah. Italy? You would, right, you guys? <laughs> Volterra well, actually looks great, although I bet that they really hate people who come there because of Twilight. Oh, I'm if, sure. If we could do this podcast for five years, I bet we would be popular enough that we could fund a trip for our fifth anniversary, a Twilight World tour. Okay, but now having it, having <laughs> exposited that. Yes, the, yes, yes. Okay, there's two things that, that I don't understand about this. Number one is that from what I can tell, 
Edward is in South America, and they are in Washington State. Yeah, okay, you're forgetting kind of, that they can run real fast. Okay, but, but, but they just kind of take for granted that they are going to, that he is going to get to Italy before they do. So are you saying he ran to the airport, got on the plane, and then ran to Volterra? Well, I think yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> he, he Can't probably... Alice carry Bella? I think, okay... I wonder that too, because they have a whole thing where like they steal a car, and I was like, "You can run faster than this," <laughs> but also they don't want to make the Volturi mad because that I don't think we said that Edward's plan was he was going to show himself in the sunshine and then he would sparkle real hard, and the Volturi would <laughs> they would have to kill him because he's too sparkles. <laughs> It's great. So Alice would have the same problem. So she has to be in a car to protect her from the sunshine. Oh, that's why she's wearing like a a A scarf. I mean, also because she's glam as hell, but also so she doesn't sparkle. (laughs) But but also like, because I mean, it's only because you have to imagine there's probably not a lot of flights. Like they have to get like connecting flights. Oh my God. They had a fork. I mean, they have to get to Seattle airport. If he can get a direct flight from South America to Italy, he would maybe get there in time. Because they have to have, you have to think, they have to have a couple hours to, like, get all this shit together and get to the airport. And then they have to have... so does he! Yeah, but maybe he just went, maybe he called from the airport. (laughs) Maybe he has a private jet. He's real rich. They're all real rich. That could be, actually. He could have hired a private jet. But think again, so is Alice. Yeah, but Alice didn't do that. Right. <laughs> Even though she could see the future. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to diss Alice at all because Alice is the best. But. Also, the whole thing, like, she's like, I know it's Alice because it's Carlisle Cullen's car, but wouldn't they have driven that to Alaska? But she's like, I flew back from Alaska and then I drove. Like, did he just leave, abandon his car at the he, airport? He abandoned his car at the house, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe he left it there. I mean, you could do long term parking at the airport. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's like how, like, in Breaking Bad, Mike always has his go bag at the airport in case, like, he gets too much drug dealers mad at him and he has to flee the country, so he always has, like, a fake passport stored in the locker at the airport. Maybe I, the vampires have the same situation. I almost I suggested... Show, good. I almost suggested Renata references oh, Breaking wait, wait. Bad for the drinking game, <sighs> so can we drink? Yeah, for let's do that. We haven't drank in a while. And it's promote a movie or TV show. Oh, true. true yeah, true. you guys should watch Breaking Bad, you guys. Yeah. I, I've watched it. And you liked it. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, so sorry. So, okay, so the other thing I don't understand is why does Bella think he's doing this? Why does Bella think that he's killing himself? No, because Alice Alice knows. Cause... No, no. But what reason does she think he has for doing it? I don't, oh. it's not really explained. Because, no, because he felt guilty. guilty like she has this whole right. distinction. She thinks he felt guilty because she committed suicide, but that doesn't mean he loves her. But actually, spoilers, actually it is because he loved her so much that he didn't want to live in a world without Bella. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But so, also, he did he feel said. guilty. It's why but he so- said he was going to kill himself. Yeah, really. so so they go to they go to Italy and they like race to Italy and it's like down to minutes to seconds to Cause stop Because he's gonna him. wait. He's gonna wait till exactly noon because then he'll be at his maximum sparkliness. <laughs> right. Because the sun will be overhead exactly, and it's the Saint Marcus's Day festival, so the square is filled with tourists. 
So he's going to go out and sparkle. and Because that's what the Volturi, they, he petitioned to have them kill him. And they said no. But they do kill people who break their rules. And their biggest rule is don't let other people know about vampires. So he figures if he goes out and sparkles in front of a million people, they'll know about vampires. Oh, so to figures- be honest, I feel like you could be like... That guy's got some dope body glitter. Like, I feel like <laughs> nobody knows that vampires are sparkly. So I, I don't have, understand why your first point. conclusion would be, like, oh, he's issue, a vampire. I have the same issue with the end of X-Men First Class. When, like, all <laughs> of the two armies, drink, the, drink. the Russian and the, okay, the Russian and the U.S. are both like, oh, my God, we have to kill everyone on the beach because they're mutants. How the fuck do they know that they're mutants? They're miles and miles away in boats. Like, how can they tell that that specifically is what's making this happen? It makes no sense. But anyway. Well, I so... think Magneto sent out a press release about it. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like Magneto. <laughs> but anyway... Twilight. So they <laughs> Twilight colon New Moon colon the Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> so they um they just Bella just stops Edward. He's like shirtless and ready to run and out. And like one quick. kid saw him sparkle, but she got him back into the shadow in time. Yes. And like so they're like ready to go and they're gonna run away and Alice comes over, but then like the Volturi's guards are there and they're like, No, you have to go see the Volturi about this. So they lead them. Yeah, he has like vampire detention. Yes. (laughs) They lead them through like this fucking tunnel and stuff for like, and it's really cold and Bella's real cold. And then Edward has his arms around her, but he's also cold. So she's just like, well, fuck this. And they get inside and there's this pretty human woman who's like, oh, just go to the back. And they go to the back and it's filled with (laughs) vampires. And the vampires are like, so, Edward and Alice, you and broke Bella. a rule. Yeah, you like broke a rule by telling Bella about vampires, but it's okay if you plan on eating her or turning her into a vampire. <laughs> and they're like, Edward's like, oh, drama, because Edward doesn't want to turn Bella into a vampire. But on the plane to Italy, Alice had been like, I'm going to turn you into a vampire. Like, fuck Edward. I'm just going to do it. Because what the fuck's he going to say if I do it, right? Yeah, there's no take backsies. (laughs) It's fine. We'll just do it. It's fine. So she, because the the main Volturi guy, he can read thoughts, but he can't read Bella's thoughts. Same as Edward, which she thinks is weird. And none of the other vampires' thoughts pout. Vampire's thought powers work on her. Right, like Dakota Fanning's power is to cause pain without touching people and it doesn't work on Bella. Yeah, That's and whatever. None of the <laughs> none of the powers work on her. So Edward's like, oh God, I don't know. I don't want to turn him into a vampire. But then Alice is like, read my mind, Volturi. And he does, and he's like, Okay. Sounds good. You guys can leave. And he gives Edward a cloak because he's still shirtless so that he can sparkle in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and but Did they we drink and they shirtless? leave but No. We, we, we deleted all the Twilight specific okay. rules. But I'm drinking just... anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did reference the movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they go, but not before they bring in like all of the tourists that the Volturi are going to eat. And Bella's <laughs> really upset about all of the humans that are going to be murdered fair 
So they leave and they go back to America and Charlie is really pissed. Oh, yeah. Because she just literally, literally left a note on the table that was like, going to Italy, I'll explain later, bye. Yes. Literally a string. But yeah, she left like the shittiest note in the world and then left (laughs) the country. (laughs) Unfortunately, Um, she had a passport. mm -hmm. Yes. So they... They go back home, and Charlie's really pissed at her, but Edward's like, oh my god, no, I love you, and I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to stay with you, and I don't care if you're old, like, I'm going to stay with you until you're old, and then I'm going to kill myself after you get old. And she's like, well, what about the Volturi? They're going to come. And yeah, and she's gonna... like, I'll put myself in risk, but I won't put the rest of your family at risk. Because Ale- or uh, Bella just, like, really gets off on being a martyr. Yeah. Yes. So, but he's like, oh, well, they, like, vampires are so old that probably it'll be, like, until you're 30 before they remember that they're supposed to check up on us. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, 30, that's so old. I'm going to be a hag. We have to. By the way, I turned 30 this year and I am a hag, so I do relate to that. I turned 30 this year also and I'm adorable, so (laughs) I can't (laughs) Remember, I am even older. (laughs) and we're all uh, older than we've ever been and now we're older still (laughs) now we're getting older (laughs) you've all gotten older listening to this (laughs) think about your choices think about your life Um, does referencing they might be giants count as promoting a tv show or movie over no because they're not a tv show or movie never mind yeah but let's just drink okay (laughs) i don't even know what the reference was but i'll drink (laughs) So Edward's like, well, fuck that. Like, we'll deal with it when it happens. And she's like, no. Right now. like, this is a cheerocracy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, right now, middle of the night, like, let's go to your house. I want to talk to your family about this. They'll be awake because they don't sleep. Yes. This is true. And so they have a family meeting. By the way, at this point, when they got back from Italy, I was like, and I have to, I was listening to this on audio. I was grooving with this book you know I was like I was enjoying it blah 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 I'm like and then I'm like why is there still an hour of the audiobook left after they got back from Italy and it's because they have to have a family meeting and I really want to um so I hope somebody has done like a tumblr that is like Simpsons quotes over um over Twilight scenes because there's one the dog centric episode where they say we've never had a family meeting before and Homer says, we've never had a problem with a family member we could give away before. So I, I kind of feel like that's what's happening. <laughs> like, Bella, do we keep her? Is she better or worse than Santa's little helper? We don't know. I'm also, gonna, drink because we're promoting this. I'm going to do this. Yep. Someone remind me when I'm sober. <laughs> yeah, so they have a family meeting, and they all go, and they sit around the dining room table, which Bella randomly notes they never use because they don't eat. <laughs> And um, nobody ever except comes for to house. make that cake for her that she didn't even eat because she bled all over it like an ingrate. <laughs> so, so they have this family meeting, and she's like, "Listen, like it's not just my problem now. The Volturi are gonna come for you too. So, I want to be a vampire. Edward thinks that's a shitty plan. What does everyone else think? Family vote. So everybody votes, and everybody except Alice." And Rosalie. No, Alice says yes. No, Alice, Edward Alice says no. And then Edward. I just think that yeah, Alice Edward. would be a better match for Bella, so I mean, my yes. brain filled True. that in. Drank for um, that opinion. <laughs> for improving the book with yes. Bella, Alice. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
So, so, um, Rosalie and, and Edward are the only people who vote no. And Rosalie tells her that it's not because of her. Like, she wants to have her as a sister, but she hates being a vampire. And she wished someone had voted, that there had been a vote for her and someone had voted no. So it's kind of like a, uh, it's uh, kind like, of a nice moment because it seems like Rosalie always hated Bella. And then we kind of get a little bit more about why. Yeah, the Cullens pick them up from the airport when they come back from Italy. And Rosalie is like, oh, my God, Bella, I'm so sorry. And it's like a real apology. You know, I'm really sorry that I said this. I should have waited until I talked to Alice. And also on the plane back from Italy, Edward mentions that Bella shouldn't be drinking Coke because she's because very he's a Mormon. caffeine. Oh, sorry, that's why. It's not because he's a Mormon. He's Mormons a Mormon, can drink though. Coke. Um, yeah, so everybody votes to turn Bella into a vampire, and then... The, the, our, a, a, a majority. A majority votes to turn Bella into a vampire, and Bella's like, alright, like, fucking do it, Alice. And Alice is like, I've never done this before. And, and she's also, like, right, you have school tomorrow. Yeah. And so she's like, fucking do it, Carlisle. And he's like, I'll do it when you graduate, because it'll just be easier than doing it when you live with Charlie. Fair. Yeah, and she's like, truth, truth, okay. Yeah, because she is ready for it, and it's like, but then, and this comes up in later books, but it's like, girl, once you're a vampire, you can't see Charlie again. Like, she had no plan. She was just like, do it. Like, yeah. Whatever. So she, um, so she's like, all right, like, I'll go home, and she promises, like, Carlisle's like, after graduation, come back, I'll fucking vampire you up, it's fine, ignore Edward. <laughs> she's like, I plan to. And they go home. And she's, like, Edward's, like, bargaining with her and is, like, what could I do to make you, like, if if I will change you instead of Carla, you'd like that, right? And she's, like, yeah. And he's, like, well, what if we wait until you're 30? And she's, like, fuck that. And he's, like, okay, what if. Like, what about 25? Yeah, like, 25. And they argue. And finally, she's, like, six months after graduation. He's, like, no. And she's, like, a year. And he's, like, no. And she's, like, well, that's as far as I'm going. And he's, like, well, what if you marry me? Like, you have to marry me first. And then I'll turn you. And she's, like, ew, marriage is the worst. My parents got divorced. Yeah. And that seems to be a horrible argument. Because she's, like, totally into a beyond lifetime commitment to him. (laughs) But marriage is Although, at the same time, I do find this kind of realistic, because Bella's right. Like, people do judge you if you get married right out of high school, and, like, she knows that. And so I did did buy it, kind of. If I just disappear and nobody ever sees me again, fine. But if if, if, if I'm an 18-year-old bride, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, she's right, because then she's going to get married and then disappear, and everyone's going to be like, oh, they're, like, in a trailer park somewhere or some shit. Which, legit, I judge everyone I know who got married before college graduation. Yeah. Sorry to listeners. Sorry. Sorry if you got married young. But also, are you sure? <laughs> Which also, by the way, is a very Mormon thing to do, as is giving your children names like Renesmee. But anyway, <laughs> um, so she's like, "No, probably I won't do that." But she's also like, "Oh, the idea of him turning me instead of Carlisle is pretty hot." Yeah, this is where this is where we get into like the sexy vampire awakening thing or whatever, much more so than before. Yeah. Um, so she's like kind of into it and he's like, okay. 
But during the course of their arguing, she shouts a couple times and she wakes Charlie up. Oh, yeah. And he grounds her for, but she was already grounded, but he like double grounds her. Poor Bella. Yeah, her life's real tough. And that's the end of the book. And she, she, and then also there's some garbage with the werewolves, but let's not. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, she's hollow grounded for going to Italy. Yeah, Jacob's fair, like, fair, fair. I can't hang out with you if you're with him, and he's like, well, that's dumb, and he's like, I know, and they hug. Oh. And I really do like Jacob when he's not Switzerland, being Switzerland, you guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the end, and it sounds like it sounds like we didn't talk about a lot of things that were left dangling in this book. But that's because they're not addressed anymore. They never talk about the werewolves again. They never talk about Victoria again. No, I... Oh, yeah, she's... They talk about how, like, she got away in the Edward... Or, like, when Alice came. Yeah, yeah like, the, she's still Victoria's out there. Victoria's dropped. Yeah. Yeah. But they... I mean, they do say why, or, like, they kind of mentioned it, but like she'll be back, guys. Yeah, but they <laughs> like don't, at the they end of it, it's like it. it's like the James Bond scroll. Like Victoria will return in <laughs> there's, Eclipse. There's like no through plot in this book. It's like Edward and Bella, three hundred page interlude of Bella and Jacob, then Edward and Bella again, and like that's like there's no no plot structure, and like I know that a lot of times books that come in the middle of a series. Like, they have, they suffer from this, from, like, very clearly knowing yeah, another... Yeah, like, Kate, you just, you have to consider the Twilight Saga as, like, one 1,000-page book with <laughs> arbitrary stopping points. It's like a 1,500-page book. <laughs> it's not even... This book it's probably, like, a 2,000-page book. Yeah. It's very long. There's a lot of pining in it. Yeah. It's a lot, so a it's lot. It's just, like, nothing happens in this book. And, like, I was kind of... I kept kind of wanting to be into it because I wanted to be into Bella having a dude friend who was just there for her, but then Jacob would be weird about it. But Bella was weird about it, too. Yeah. Bella is a weird... And also, we're getting it from Bella's point of view, so we really just have to imagine how fucking weird she's being. She, like, she has talked to this guy, like, two times in her life, and then she shows up and she's like, bro, I need you to help me build these motorcycles, not because I need to hallucinate my ex-boyfriend or anything, but just, like, because because it's just, like, really important to me. Like, Jacob, you'll do it, right? And he's like, yeah, okay. normal. But yeah, this is, like, what high school girls do. It's totally fine. Just, like, let's do it. Let's hang out every day. I'm never going to suck your dick. Yeah, like, I've, we have never been okay, friends wait, before, and now you. let's now let's hang out literally every day. Oh, drink for literally, but it is literally every day. Does this count as also alienating Christian Mingle? Probably. Christian <laughs> Mingle doesn't like any of this. Christian Mingle doesn't like werewolves, doesn't like vampires. Wow. <laughs> So now that we're done with what the story is about, which is, like, nothing. Yet yeah, took us a long time to summarize. Sorry. This is our special extended episode no, in a for good- our anniversary. Guys, if you like the podcast, you should be happy that it's longer than normal. And if you don't like the podcast, I don't like you. <laughs> I, I just meant that, because, that there's somehow a lot to talk about, even with nothing happening. Yeah, so. yeah. Fine. So... <laughs> so we're gonna go into dramatic readings now in case you haven't read twilight um oh before we do so 
I never read any of these books before except Twilight when we did it last year. And I really thought that Edward was like telepathically giving Bella her hallucinations. No, she's immune, Kate. I know, she's but I immune. didn't. I thought something was happening, but no, like literally she's hallucinating and it really doesn't make sense with the plot Drink of the book. for literally. Yeah. But she is literally hallucinating. Yes. No, yeah, I also kept waiting for the reveal, even though I read this before, and then I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's just a random thing that has no connection. No, that's to- just what happens when your boyfriend breaks up with you. <laughs> right. Good- Guys, good point. Maybe as a lesbian, I've just never experienced that. <laughs> Are you saying that, that women don't have the same kind of psychic reach? I thought that this was a common experience. I, I, I'm just, from what I've learned from X-Men comics, drink. I feel like women are more, com- if anything, are more uh, inclined towards psychic uh, weirdness. So, okay, are we ready to? Because I had to, I had requested that we dramatically read the um, scene in which Carlisle witnesses to Bella about his about his feelings about vampire souls. So I'm going to start out reading Carlisle. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be Bella. And we're pretty much just going to do the dialogue and skip the. But you have to say it, Bella. Bella. Or I won't know. Okay. Well, if it, <laughs> I don't know if he actually says her name, but I'll I'll work it in. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Bella. I'm sure all this sounds a little bizarre coming from a vampire, but I'm hoping that there is still a point to this life, even for us. It's a long shot. I'll admit. By all accounts, we're damned, regardless. But I hope, maybe foolishly that will get some measure of credit for trying. I don't think that's foolish, I mumbled, which is not necessary because Bella mumbled all of the dialogue. <laughs> right. I couldn't imagine anyone, deity included, who wouldn't be impressed by Carlisle. Besides, the only kind of heaven I could appreciate would have to include Edward. And I don't think anyone else would either. Actually, Carlisle mansplained. <laughs> that's drink. not in the book, but drink, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually you're the very first one to agree with me the rest of them don't feel the same edward's with me up to a point god and heaven exist and so does hell by the way this never comes up anywhere else edward never mentions believing in god and hell but anyway but he, doesn't he oh Whatever. maybe he does maybe he does but anyway i'm sorry but he doesn't believe there's an afterlife for our kind you see he thinks we've lost our souls I immediately thought of Edward's words this afternoon. Unless you want to die, or whatever it is that we do, the light bulb flicked on over my head. I have no idea if that's a metaphor or literal. Okay, It's literal. Yeah, go ahead. Literally <laughs> drink. There is literally a light bulb. Okay. That's the real problem, isn't it? I guessed. That's why he's being so difficult about me. I look at my son, his strength, his goodness, the brightness that shines out of him. Literally. (laughs) Drink. (laughs) And it only fuels that hope, that faith, more than ever. How could there not be more for one such as Edward? I nodded in fervent agreement. But if I believed as he does, I'm looking down at you with unfathomable unfathomable eyes. (laughs) If you believed as he did, could you take away his soul? That's that's the whole. That's, that's, that's the end of our selection. But no, I couldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that should be that should be our either or question. Could you take away his soul? <laughs> right. Oh my god. Okay. Next up, we're gonna read the first time that Bella hallucinates Edward, which is when she is on her shitty movie date with Jessica. 
and but like legit sidebar drink first of all we'll drink in anticipation of what i'm gonna say which was uh anna kendrick being in these movies going on a fake friend date with Kristen stewart opens up a lot of doors for things that i hadn't previously thought about but that i'm thinking about now as far as like i have not found any I have not found any fan fiction about Jessica and Bella, but I would really like to request really any like good girl girl fan fiction that you know about in Twilight you should share with us. Let's oh my go. god, that's so disappointing. That's I like mean, a they, treasure trove of people that I think are hot. It's like, but I'm like, do the Pitch Perfect fans not know about Anna Kendrick and Twilight? Because I feel like there should be so much more fic. But anyway. Anyway, so Guys, yeah, I'll work on it. Yeah. Okay, but so um, I'm gonna be Edward, so hallucinatory Edward, and Kate will be Bella. <laughs> Bella. <laughs> um, Bella, stop this right now. My muscles locked into place, froze me where I stood because it wasn't Jessica's voice that rebuked me now. It was a furious voice, a familiar voice, a beautiful voice, soft like velvet, even though it was irate. It was his voice. I was exceptionally careful not to think his name. I was surprised that the sound of it did not knock me to my knees, did not curl me onto the pavement in a torture of loss. But there was no pain, none at all. In the instant that I heard his voice, everything was very clear. Like my head had suddenly surfaced out of some dark pool, I was more aware of everything. Sight, sound, the feel of the cold air that I hadn't noticed was blowing sharply against my face. The smells coming from the open bar door. I looked around myself in shock. Go back to Jessica. You promised nothing stupid. I was alone. Jessica stood a few feet from me, staring at me with frightened eyes. Against the wall, the strangers watched, confused, wondering what I was doing, standing there motionless in the middle of the street. I shook my head, trying to understand. I knew he wasn't there, and yet he felt improbably close, close for the first time since, since the end. The anger in his voice was concern, the same anger that was once very familiar, something I hadn't heard in what felt like a lifetime. Keep your promise. The voice was slipping away as if the volume was being turned down on a radio. I began to suspect that I was having some kind of hallucination. Uh, Turns out you were right. I thought that this was a metaphor or something else, but no, it is a hallucination, Bella. Sorry to say. Literally. Triggered, no doubt, by the memory, the deja vu, the strange familiarity of the situation. I ran through the possibilities quickly in my head. Option one, I was crazy. That was the layman's term for people who heard voices in their heads. Possible. Option two, my subconscious mind was giving me what it thought I wanted. This was wish fulfillment. A momentary relief from pain by embracing the incorrect idea that he cared whether I lived or died. Projecting what he would have said if A, he were here, and B, he would be in any way bothered by something bad happening to me. Probable. 
I could see no option three, so I hoped that it was the second option and that this was just my subconscious running amok rather than something I would need to be hospitalized for. My reaction was hardly sane, though. I was grateful. The sound of his voice was something that I'd feared I was losing, and so, more than anything else, I felt overwhelming gratitude that my unconscious mind had held on to that sound better than my conscious one had. I was not allowed to think of him. That was something I tried to be very strict about. Of course I slipped. I was only human. But I was getting better, and so the pain was something I could avoid for days at a time now. The trade-off was the never-ending numbness. Between pain and nothing, I'd chosen nothing. That's my favorite Morrissey album. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I do, I think that there is something to, like, the notion that, like, a teenage girl who is deeply in love is really more invested in what the dude is saying to her in her head anyway than what he is actually presenting in reality. So I think that there's some there's some some really good um in accidental perhaps insight or, you know, maybe Totally. Maybe Stephanie Meyer is smarter than we think. But okay, so then I wanted to make sure we had some um of Jacob in here too. So I believe I'm gonna read um this is after she has figured out that he's a werewolf. And so I am going to read this the the um the Bella part of this comical misunderstanding and Kate will be Jacob and Renata will be um, subconscious Edward. Yeah. But you have to, you have to pronounce it Jacob. Jacob. I won't know okay. who you mean. Okay. okay. <laughs> Jacob and Bella. Okay. And Edward is normal in the audiobook. I, I guess you couldn't figure out how to fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to start with some of the description just right above this line because it's just the, the sort of beautiful um, scene setting that we get in this book. The sun turned the clouds a slivery pink above us. I could see his expression now. It was angry, frustrated, betrayed. Could you, well, try to not be a werewolf? I suggested in a whisper. He threw his hands up in the air. Like I have a choice about it. And how would that help anything if you're worried about people disappearing? I don't understand you. He glared at me, his eyes narrowing and his mouth twisting into a snarl. You know what makes me so mad that I could just spit? I flinched away from his hostile expression. He seemed to be waiting for an answer, so I shook my head. You're such a hypocrite, Bella. There you sit, terrified of me. How is that fair? Hypocrite? How does being afraid of a monster make me a hypocrite? Ugh! Would you listen to yourself? What? Well, I'm so sorry that I can't be the right kind of monster for you, Bella. I guess I'm just not as great as a bloodstucker, am I? No, you're not. It's not what you are, stupid. It's what you do. What's that supposed to mean? I was taken entirely by surprise when Edward's voice cautioned me. Be very careful, Bella. Don't push him too far. You need to calm him down. Even the voice in my head was making no sense today. I listened to him, though. I would do anything for that voice. Jacob, is it really necessary to kill people, Jacob? Isn't there some other way? I mean, if vampires could find a way to survive without murdering people, 
Couldn't you give it a try, too? Killing people? What did you think we were talking about? I thought we were talking about your disgust for werewolves. No, Jake, no. It's not that you're a wolf. That's fine. If you could just find a way to not hurt people, that's all that upsets me. These are innocent people, Jake. People like Charlie. And I can't just look the other way while you... Is that all? Really? You're just scared because I'm a murderer? That's the only reason? Isn't that reason enough? Jacob Black, this is so not funny. Sure, sure. <laughs> you really you, Oh, sorry. You really <laughs> honestly don't mind that I morph into a giant dog? No. I, I can't breathe, Jake. He let me go, but took both my hands. I'm not a killer, Bella. Aww. What a moment. By the way, when you started off, I was almost going to correct you when you said slivery pink, because <laughs> no. I assumed it was silvery no, pink. No, no. That's but it's I'm not. It says slivery pink. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> is that a typo in the book, or is there like know, slivers just... of pink? Well, no, you have the print, and I have the Kindle, and we both have it, so I think that that's just slivery. Slivery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I specifically remember I had a creative writing class once, and I had the word sliver twice on, like, two pages, and the teacher pointed out, she said, that's probably a word you should use, like, once in 100 pages, not <laughs> twice in two pages. So, anyway, that's all. Okay. <sighs> so, let's move on to Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Okay. So let's get right to the fundamental question of the Twilight Saga. Would you rather date Edward or Jacob? <laughs> um, this is really hard. Because I, I like the idea of Jacob as, like, your best friend. Even though that gets fucked up by the way that it's written in the books. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to date Jacob. I don't know that I'd want to date edward either and it's not just because i'm a lesbian i just think they're both not really what i'm looking for but i've come up with a solution please even though i normally am against this sort of thing i would be having a threesome with them i would date edward but then secretly use my relationship within the cullen family to have him turn me into a vampire and then once i was a vampire i would seduce alice <laughs> and then Alice and I would like have some fucking fun together. Okay. Well, I definitely think that it's easier to to have to share Edward and Alice than Jacob and Alice because there would be like them smelling each other. Smelling. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So like like literally like I'd fuck mm. around with Alice after. Okay. Literally take a drink. Okay. Mm. But yeah, so that's my plan. I would rather date Edward with the hope that in a hundred years or so I could either A, like, fuck around on him with Alice, or B, be like, let's be vampire swingers. Fair. Yeah. Fair for Edward's not down for that, though. Edward is monogamous and Mormon. Well, and I would change his mind. I'm an independent woman. I, 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 we might want to revisit that in the last book because I think that, that, that Edward does sound open to certain arrangements. So <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you in uh, 2017. For that. <laughs> okay. uh, I would date Jacob. <laughs> what the fuck is this name? <laughs> I would date Jacob. Um, he's hot. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I'm kind of, I don't know if you have more of that, but I think I'd also like, I mean, the only reason that Jacob is problematic is because Bella's not really into him. So yeah, like I'm into him. Right. You know, I'm like, just. I'd appreciate him. By, by himself. I would also, except that now you and I have to fight for him. Also, by the way, um, I, you know, this is assuming he's a real person and because, um, Taylor Lautner is a really bad actor, so like if it was just like like his face, but like somebody else talking or something like that. <laughs> but that, you know, that's so a... it's just like like it's his body, but like you're just like don't talk, just don't talk, honey. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. No. Just let me touch your abs. Yeah. Just fix my car. I'll see you later. Yeah, or that's... like no, although I don't know over your chest and massage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... um, because Jake. I mean, in the books, Jacob is like funny and charming. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so it's not really. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, I should point out that that. They, Jacob is 16, so I would not actually date a 16 year old as it's oh, pointed out that I'm no. middle aged. But, you know, well, I- wait. I mean, what's worse, though? <laughs> us dating a 16 year old or Jacob dating a baby? Because <laughs> <laughs> he dates a baby. <laughs> In the I mean, last one. Okay, 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 okay. Comparably, Jacob. Half your age Esme. plus seven does not equal a baby, Jacob. <laughs> but okay. comparably, Jacob and Renesme are closer than age than Bella and Edward. Okay, but I think. That's true. This That's is true, true. But I, I, to me, I just personally, I think age difference makes a much bigger difference on the lower end of the scale. Once you're all adults, you know. That's probably true. That's true. But when one of you is a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We'll talk about this in Breaking Dawn. Okay, yes. But for right now, New Moon Era Jacob is not dating a baby because that baby does not exist yet. Okay. Although in Dianetics terms, (laughs) drink for Dianetics reference, in Dianetics terms, that baby is one of Edward's sperms, and it's getting all kinds of engrams from this situation. True. Probably just from us making this podcast, that fictional baby is getting engrams. Like, every time so he, many. pretends that he doesn't love Bella, that baby is getting so many engrams. Oh my god, Renesmee is gonna need hours of auditing. It's so good that they're rich. So good. Right. Okay. Oh wait, Carrie, you didn't say. Well, you know oh, no, you I did. Said, you said I you said, did. We, Jacob. we agreed. We both like Jacob. We like both like Jacob better. Yes. <laughs> but okay. But I will say though that in terms of like book team Edward or team Jacob, like who should Edward? I mean, <laughs> who should Bella hook up with? Like I do agree. Like I'm with Charlie. Like it seems on paper like Jacob is a better match. Like Jacob is just better. But Edward, like she just loves Edward, and that's the whole point of it. Is like you can't choose who you have this soulmate bond with. Sometimes you get stuck with a shitty, gross vampire, and you can't help it. <laughs> Plus, like, like I feel like she and Jacob would be such good friends. Yeah. Like that would be yeah. so good. I would read the story about that like a million times of her just. Well, having- that's Breaking Dawn, and we'll get to it. Okay. One day. <laughs> All right, next, would you rather? Would you rather be a vampire or be a werewolf? Oh, my God. I would totally rather be a vampire because I feel like sparkling would just add to my general aesthetic well. (laughs) Oh, my God, right? Like, with, like, the pink and the bows and the dresses... Like, Kate, we would be such cute. We would have the cutest coven. Oh, my God, we would. We'd be like Lisa Frank vampires. It would be great. So are you both vampires? Has that been decided? 
I think, well, I mean, the sparkle skin is the best part. But wait, do we have to go to high school forever? I mean, no. we're not in high school now. No, I don't think all vampires go to heaven. I think it's a shitty choice the Collins make. <laughs> Plus, like, if we turn into vampires... All vampires go to heaven is my favorite animated movie. <laughs> Did you Plus, mean like- high school? <laughs> Kate said it first. I was riffing off of her. I assume she meant high school. <laughs> it's been two hours of this stream. This has been going for a long time. Guys, don't play this. I would be a, I would be a werewolf just because I like dogs. And I think it would be fun to be one for a while. Oh, I don't think Duarte would like it if I was a werewolf. I think I'd definitely have to be a vampire. Wait, they eat animals. Do you think they eat cats? Because I think that would be really upsetting. I get to choose what animals they eat. Wait, they eat cougars, though. They eat cougars like baby. But you can choose. But I would have to eat some animal. Yes, but you could choose to eat just shitty animals. But, I mean, the problem is you you are an actual vegetarian, so this is kind of a dilemma. You need but what do werewolves eat, though? They probably need a lot of protein. They eat muffins. They Remember when they eat the muffins? <laughs> Vampires can't eat muffins. Maybe I would be a... I mean, maybe I would be a werewolf. <laughs> werewolves, I think, get more food options. Well, okay. if, you were, if you were a werewolf, you could still be in my coven, because I'm not an asshole like the Cullens. I understand that times have changed, and that this fucking treaty doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> and that you could still hang out with me. So it's Wait, a- is it cultural appropriation if I become a werewolf, though? Because it seems like it's really linked to their tribe. I mean... Are, I- like, are there other werewolves, though? There are other werewolves. Like, I read about this on Wikipedia. There are, like, <laughs> a whole lot of werewolves. And then they got hunted by the vampires for sport. And there weren't that Rude. many left. But there could be enough left that you could be a werewolf without it being cultural appropriate. Okay, yeah, so there's white werewolves? Yeah. Werewolves are like intrinsically Native American. It's no. Okay, that, but just that. only in the Twilight right. Yeah, Stephanie Meyer was just like, no, we need to other these brown people even more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I guess. I- Mm, yeah, I guess I'll be a werewolf just for food options. And then when I'm in human form, I'll just, like, get some body glitter. Okay. Yeah, fair, we fair, can fair. still hang out. We could still be friends. Yeah. I won't need any cougars, I promise. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Carrie, did you vote? Yeah, I'm also a werewolf. Okay, okay cool. cool. We'll be, we'll, oh, but then we can read each other's minds. Awesome. That'd be cool, though, yeah. Instead of having to, like, text each other when, when you're like, oh, wow, this thing reminds me of Breaking Bad then oh we, yeah we just would we, or, or yeah like if you if you wanted to for instance reference another podcast that you had been Break. listening to drink <laughs> drink yeah. twice drink twice actually because breaking bad and other podcasts right exactly so yeah yeah, yeah. so could so we, could we just think emojis at each other is that an option that they have yeah, we, 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 i we think do so yeah i mean i oh. think if you just picture the emoji really well in your mind <laughs> cool Okay. Okay. Yeah. We are now soul bonded wolves. Congratulations. And you could you could even make emojis that don't exist, like how like the taco. Yeah, like there's no taco. There's no champagne emoji. (laughs) There's like a lot of emojis that they should have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Last up, would you rather go cliff diving in an attempt to hear your lost love's voice again, or find a new partner on ChristianMingle.com? Well, obviously, blah, 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 Christian Mingles are sponsor or something. I don't know. I'm afraid of heights. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I kind of went cliff diving one time when I was in Peace Corps. It wasn't really a cliff, but it was like a thing. It was really scary. I probably would not do that again. And also, of course, Christian Mingle is a great sponsor. Yeah. Like, I ziplined once at camp with you, and it was horrifying. It was so (laughs) high. I was so scared. But there were all the girls there, and I wanted to, like, show them, like, it's not that scary, even though I was terrified. So cliff diving just seems, like, so much higher. So, no. So much higher. I would do... um the Christian Mingle because I also I really love the part of the book where, where Bella goes cliff diving but I also hate heights and avoid anything that oh my god high up. five we all agreed on this one. Oh yeah we are all chicken Unanimous. shit we are all chicken shit Unanimous. yeah plus you can use emojis on Christian Mingle oh awesome okay let's move on to our reader's advisory where we'll recommend books or movies or Breaking Bad, you should watch Breaking Bad. Um, instead of, or in addition to, New Moon. Um, also, I'll say straight up, uh, our first episode ever was Twilight. We'll link to the reader's advisory page for that, because a lot of the same things apply. I had a whole bunch that I came up with. I can't remember what I came up with for Twilight. Even though I came up with these when I was sober, I was too lazy to go to the Twilight one and see what I had recommended. So some of these might be duplicates. You should read the Parasol Protectorate series by Gail Carriger. They're really good. They're like steampunk, supernatural, but like the protagonist is fucking awesome and is great, even though it's Victorian times. They're really good. She has a YA series too, but I haven't read it, so I don't know. I haven't read any of them. I read the first one. I haven't read the other two yet, but the first one was pretty good. I like her as a writer, so you should read those. You should read The Sisters Red by Jackson Pierce. Yeah, I like that one. They go after werewolves and shit. You should read Tender oh, Morse. They go after The Sisters Red, they hunt werewolves? Yeah, they fight werewolves. It's an anti-werewolf book. Okay. Yeah, but like there's werewolves in it and stuff. You should read Tender Morsels by Margot Lanigan. It is not about werewolves at all. It is kind of a retelling of that fairy tale. What is it? Rose Red and something something. Anyway, it's really good. It's weird. There is a rape in it, so... It's really sad. I actually didn't like it. I li- but I can't tell if... I think it was good and I just didn't like it because it's real depressing. It is real depressing, but it is real good, too. But trigger warning, like, lots of bad shit happens in it. So much. And you should read Pretty Monsters by Kelly Link, which is short stories. Kelly Link is just fucking awesome. You should read every book she does. Most of her books are for adults. They're all short stories. But Pretty Monsters, which is for teens, is really good. And that's where I first heard about her. And now I'm, like, fucking obsessed with her. And she comes to Boston Book Fest every year. And I kind of fangirl her every year. And her husband runs the press that she gets published under. So a couple times I not on purpose fangirled her in front of him, but that happened. Um, I I drink because I'm gonna promote the movie. The New Moon movie is fun. Anna Kendrick is in it. If you didn't hear already, <laughs> she's so it. hot. I will say I I do not really like the New Moon movie, but I do like the fact that when they go to the movie, the name of the movie is Space Punch. 
and there is a whole and I'll see if I can find the link and then send it to you because there's just like this amazing article like completely overthinking the the fact that there's a, a it's oh, like a yeah, think you piece. Did send me that it's a think it. piece about what it means that there is a movie in the Twilight universe called Face Punch. So Oh my god, was... I wanna read that. You should post that on the the show notes. Yeah, I, I I will find it and make sure you have it. So um that, yeah, I, I don't know. I think just because I liked the first movie I, I, actually a lot, and then they fired the director and had a different one from the new movie, yeah. I think I was, like, really resentful watching all of all of New Moon, but maybe I would like it better on. Because I, I do really, I like, it's actually, I was just telling somebody this weekend that I think it's my favorite of the books and my least favorite of the movies. Interesting. I have a framed picture in my house that's me and two friends reenacting the New Moon poster in front of the New Moon poster. <laughs> When we went wow. to go see it yeah. in the Dominican Republic. And so it's in Spanish, so it's a Luna Nueva poster. Oh, wow. That, it's really good. That is fantastic. We had a good time. That is fantastic. And uh, yeah. the only, I think that I went through all of my recommendations when we did the first podcast. So I just think that along with letting us know if you have any good recommendations of, of, of femme-centric um, Twilight fanfic, I would love mm-hmm. to know if there if there actually are like good teen werewolf things because I really like that concept, but you know, when I try to read yeah. it, was I mean, there's there's um, Shiver by Maggie Steve Theater, which we definitely did recommend yeah. last which time. Which is funny because I, mean, I read that and I didn't really like it that much, so I didn't read the rest. But I'm fucking obsessed with the Raven Boys now. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think the first book is that good, but I was entertained by it. But yeah, oh, it's I haven't thing. actually read them, but I keep recommending them based on reviews I've read. It's like that's what librarians do. The werewolf boy is so like sensitive and like quotes German poetry all the time, and there's a whole. Does he? Does he like Romeo and Juliet? I know, no, no, he likes Schiller. Like, like literally, mm. it's like it's very. And then there's this I mean, whole there's like this her. whole storyline. <laughs> there's this whole storyline apparently about her best friend also dating a werewolf, but yeah. it does it all happens off page. So and oh, I'm just okay. like that would have been said that those people sound much more interesting. But I have not read the subsequent books, so I don't know. Okay, well maybe by um, by the time we do our eclipse episode, I'll have gotten around to reading it okay. and I'll have my own opinion. Okay, please. Yeah. Um, I will also. I'm gonna real quick recommend Liar by Justine Larbelestier, which I really like, but I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers about it, so I'm just gonna say like you should fucking read it. It's real good, and I don't want to tell you anything else about it. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think me comparing the. I really enjoy that book too. I think comparing the first person narration there to um, Bella would be interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's. I was gonna say the same thing. Um, and Justine Larbelestier also co-wrote the book Team Human with Sarah Reese Brennan, which we read, or which we recommended for Twilight, and I'll re-recommend. It's really good. It's really that good. Is, it's Vampire really story. good. She's a good writer. You should read her book. I like her. We like her. You know what? Isn't she, isn't she married or, like, in a relationship with Scott Westerfeld? Yes. He's really good, yeah. too. I think they're married. Read all the, I, his books, too. They're good. Everyone who hates this book is wrong. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. We all liked it. Yay. Okay, good. Okay, we'll have this on our website, which is worstbestsellers.com. Visit it. Okay, we'll move on to our candy pairing where we pair a candy to this book. Okay. Well, I mentioned I think it's like a giant size pack of Reese's peanut butter cups because I 
really enjoy the first taste of the Reese's peanut butter cups. But then if you start, if I keep eating them, it like, it gets old really fast. And I'm like, why am I still eating this? And why is there still more of it? And that was really how I felt, especially in the last part of the book after they get back from Italy. And it's, oh my God, true story, guys, true story. If this book had all been about Bella and Jacob just being friends and, like, mythology and shit, I'd be so into it. But, like, all this Edward shit is just garbage. Fair. It's you know, that's because we're adults, though. Yeah, that's I mean, I liked parts of it, but it's definitely, I think the most compelling parts are definitely the, the Edward. Um, oh, garbage drink. Garbage drink. Also, garbage. we're improving the book by removing Edward drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, whatever Drink. she said. My candy pairing is um, Dove Promises for Murder, which is a game that I like to play with the Dove Promises, where, you know, they have an inspirational message inside. But, like, how for fortune cookies, you add in bed at the end, but with the Dove Promises, you add for murder. So it's like, you know, you're a special snowflake for murder. And I think it's, like, I enjoy this book. It's, like, kind of fun. But then what I enjoy most about it is, like, what I bring to the table. Like, what I'm adding to it by uh, by being weird about it. Yeah. So that is why it's this. That, that's excellent. <laughs> My candy pairing is Miniature Mr. Good Bars, which I might have used for something else before. Because I feel like, to be honest, like... There's, Guys, there's a finite number of candies. There in the are, <laughs> and my feelings about them because this is a book where this is a podcast where my feelings about these books are frequently similar. So I simu- frequently use the same candies. Anyway, miniature Mister Good Bars because they are unsatisfying and they leave you wanting more. But also, given like the entire all of the different candies that are in the Hershey's miniatures they're sort of your last resort that you eat when your real fave aka Edward isn't available crackle but so I Edward will say crackle? though yeah Edward crackle? is special dark you guys oh, I, I like crackle better yeah, Edward um, is crackle. Hershey's special dark is garbage, and I'm a person who normally likes dark chocolate more than milk chocolate, but Hershey's drink. is just garbage. Second of all, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, drink great. Guys, don't play this drinking game. It is bad for you. <laughs> we have to work tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck. I have a- <laughs> Okay. okay, so are, are, are we ready for um, Rock, Paper, Snicked? Because you know this is the yeah. part I always anticipate most. Yeah. yeah. No, and this we had not invented this game yet when we did Twilight, right, so exactly. I'm glad you get to play it with us now. Okay, okay. And I, and I know you wrote them down, but I didn't read them because I want to hear them fresh. Okay, great. So this game, if you don't know, if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to, I don't know what you're doing. But uh, it's we will put Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Wolverine into this book, and Carrie will choose which one is better or Snicked, which is neither of them, but no, no one ever picks that. <laughs> I mean, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you before, I, mean, I, I do genuinely like this book probably better than any book that has ever been featured on Worst Bestsellers that I've definitely read. But, so, but Nora Roberts. So. Well, I haven't read that one. So, so I, I, I believe okay. you. There hasn't ever been a book about the Rock and Wolverine featured on Worst Bestsellers yet because Renata and I haven't written it yet. That's fair. Okay, well, and we I will. Lo- I would love to hear your suggestions. Okay, we will just as soon as Hugh Jackman's lawyers get back to us. Yes. Okay, I I will go first because I'm the Rock. <laughs> I am the Rock. 
the raucous part of a different pack of werewolves and just happens to be visiting the greater LaPush slash Forks area when all of the LaPush pack are beginning to turn into werewolves. And being a much older and wiser werewolf, he is able to guide those boys more peacefully into werewolf life. And they're always bitching about the vampires, but once the Rock finds out that the Cullens are basically non-human killing vampires who are pretty chill overall, he sort of coaxes them into being less crazy about hating them for what doesn't really seem to be like any particular reason. And the whole treaty thing seems pretty silly when they're hunting an actual threat to both parties. So in the end, he's able to counsel all of the pack through some deep-seated issues that are fueling their blind hatred and aggression, and he helps them find a way to balance their wolfy side with their human side. And he also goes on long walks with Jacob, explaining how friendship is important and the quote-unquote friend zone isn't a real thing. And pretty girls who are your friends don't owe you anything. And taking advantage of a girl who's in pain is never good. So it kind of put things puts things in perspective for Jacob. And he stops being so weird about slash around Bella. Oh my god, that and sounds fantastic. I'm sorry. In the over? end, in the end, when the Cullens return, the Rock coordinates a time for them all to sit down and revisit the treaty and discuss practical expectations to the rules and bella and edward are still off doing their bella and edward thing and having massive drama but everything else in the greater la push slash forks area gets a little more rational yeah awesome okay Okay. i I really liked that one so wolverine has quite a lot of of um ground to make up yeah well no i mean that was very good Definitely. It's definitely good. Yeah. But if Wolverine were in this book, like, obviously he's friends with the werewolves because, you know, wolverines are the same as wolves. It's the same as werewolves. It's all the same. Absolutely the same. All the same. If you don't believe me, watch Wolverine Origins. I will tell you. Don't watch that movie, though, because it's garbage. No, drink because I'm recommending that movie. It's my favorite movie. Drink. (laughs) Drink. (laughs) And then watch that movie. Come over to my house and watch that movie. Wait, wait. You like that movie better than The Wolverine? Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, no judgment. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think I do. Well, I'll have to think about it later, but I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> so Wolverine is friends with wolves. I think that's He's... as far as we got. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the same thing, okay. as we learned from that film. Yes. So he gets all the werewolf gossip from Billy and Harry, and he decides... Um, when he hears about, like, the Cullens and Bella and, like, fucking all this shit, he decides to have a uh, vampire Jubilee come out to Forks for a visit. Because Jubilee is, like, a way better vampire oh than the Cullens. Like, yes. five, okay. 500% better. Yeah. If you don't know X-Men comics, like, by the way, Jubilee is a, is a vampire now, so that happened. But, like, the, you, the, you the comics where it happens are fucking weird. <laughs> But, like, so, at the same time, like, they team up with Dracula. But instead of reading those comics about when they team up with Dracula, you should read the first comics where they team up with Dracula when Dracula, like, has a crush on Storm because everyone has a crush on Storm. Yeah. Those are great. Also, drink because I'm going to recommend a podcast. Listen to Rachel and Miles explain the oh X-Men. My they'll, God, tell yes. you, they'll tell you all about sexy Dracula. Yes. But, guys, that's not what's happening in my Snicked segment, though. Okay. That's okay. separate. So, I got and- as far as... Vampire Jubilee comes to teach the Collins how to be vampires. 
Yeah, guys, this is not a good idea. I am too drunk. But (laughs) anyway, Vampire Jubilee comes to visit and she, like, Wolverine makes Jubilee and Bella meet up. And so she learns that vampires don't have to be super mopey and weird. But Bella prefers them when they're super mopey and weird because she as a human is super mopey and weird. So she's actually just not the end of Vampire Jubilee, even though she's awesome. But also, Jubilee is much more in Jacob's wavelength because they're both, like, fun people and, like, Bella, who is not very fun. And so Jubilee invites Jacob to come be an X-Men because there's precedent. Like, there have been other werewolf X-Men. And, and, like, you know, he has all these abilities and (laughs) he would be a good X-Men. He cares about helping people and, and he realizes um that bella is like with edward forever and he's like fine fuck this i'll go be an x-men so he and jubilee go back to new york and they are very happy and uh back and forks bella like edward they still have their stupid thing and wolverine realizes that they're just like they're happy like this even though it's obviously stupid and so he decides everything's worked out pretty well and like you know he's not gonna he respects Bella's autonomy to make a stupid decision and run off with Edward, so he kind of lets that happen, and he goes back to New York also. So everything happens kind of the same for Bella and Edward, but Jacob becomes an X-Men and also never falls in love with a baby because he's in another place. So that happens. <laughs> okay, well, Renata, I really like the potential for X-Men. Twilight crossover, certainly. Those all sound great. But I think ultimately I really am invested in the happiness of, of Jacob and Bella. And I wish that it had worked out better from, than it did in the first half of the book. So I'm going to go with Rock. Okay, that's, that's okay. fair. That's okay. I respect that. Mm-hmm. And also, but I'm still going to write this fan fiction. Yes, please. please. Do. Take a and drink. drink for it. Take a drink. We're almost done. We're almost done. Okay, so good, good round of the Rock Picker... <laughs> That was a good round of the rock paper snicked. And now we'll move on to the moral of the story, where we'll say what the moral of the story is. I think we may have already said this on the first um, episode, that my moral was not all vampires. But also kind of not all werewolves. Actually, yeah. not any Not werewolves. any werewolves. Yeah, no, werewolf, <laughs> werewolves are decent folk. I think we've established that. This yeah. is because we haven't got to, like, the weird sex stuff yet. That's the next book. Yeah. Is, is there weird werewolf sex stuff? Don't tell me. It'll, well, don't it's just, spoil it's me. It's the whole, like, imprinting thing that leads to Jacob falling in love with the baby. That's weird. I guess it's not technically sex stuff, but it's related. Yeah, because he doesn't have sex with a baby, but he just loves a baby. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah there's was... no actual child molestation in these books, I should say. It's just yeah. there's sort of a weird, like, falling in love with babies, but then you wait for them to be of age. Yeah. But we'll talk about that next year. Or in two year years. After. Well, kind of in Eclipse also. Okay. So I've yeah, a lot of it happens. is in Eclipse. A lot of the weirdest stuff. Okay. <laughs> Are you awake, Kate? Yeah. My moral of the story is you only need friends when your boyfriend is out of town. Fact. And his sister. Your boyfriend and his sister. <laughs> right. Your boyfriend and his sister who you wish was your girlfriend. Yes, I do wish she was my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my moral of the story is wait until your true love's death is confirmed by a reliable source before you run off to commit suicide in Italy. Amazing. That's, yeah. that's also the moral of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. But nobody learned it, so that's why it had to happen again. Yeah. That's true. Guys, learn it. Yes. 
Okay, we'll move on to Duarte's Corner, where my cat Duarte gives his opinion. Guys, Duarte is sober because it is irresponsible to give alcohol to a cat, just so you know. Yeah, and I you think should drink his, his portion of the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Hadassah went oh. to bed several hours ago, I believe. Oh, because she's already drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's she's, she's always off. drunk. That's the only explanation I can come up with for some of the stuff she does. <laughs> okay, so Duarte, what did you think about New Moon? Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. There's no, there's no cats. I, why aren't there? Well, like, um, True Blood has weird panthers. I don't know why Stephanie Meyer couldn't embrace also, that. Also, I googled this, and it turns out, spoiler alert, that the werewolves aren't werewolves. They're quote unquote shapeshifters. Yeah, that's true. They could turn into other things, but they like something happened. Blah blah blah, and now they're just linked to the wolf form for life. So, really, your argument is with, like, the grandparents of Jacob and Sam and their decision to be wolves and not, like, fucking cougars like baby drink. I think it's probably, to be honest, I think it's probably the Cullens' fault. Fucking whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. There should be more cats in this book. There's really no excuse for it. You're right. Okay, thanks, Story Day. Whatever. Good cat. (laughs) And now, do any humans have any closing thoughts? This is a terrible game, guys. Don't want to play it. We're really drunk. It's almost 10 o'clock at night. We all have to go to work in the morning. We're all middle-age-ish. Yeah. We are not 18-year-olds. This is awful. I'm going to have to stay up till I'm sober. That's going to be a million o'clock. I go to bed at 930 Let's play the game again, but where we drink water every time we say literally. Yeah, or where we drink alcohol, but it's at, like, Sunday at noon or Saturday at noon, so we have plenty of time to get over it. Yeah, that was actually my fault, because I, I, we were going to do Saturday, but I had to go. Well, and I had, to, I had to work this weekend. I guess I could have just been drunk at work. Probably no one would have noticed. Yeah. They might have noticed. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I thought this was a wonderful time. Yeah, I, um... I hope this is listenable. I have no idea. I don't know either. It's great. It's great. Okay. It's, it's like two hours long, though, so sorry. It's two and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's a special extended bonus episode. You'll like it. Yeah, it's our anniversary episode. That's the excuse. Uh, like, what Like do you, What are you doing instead of listening to this? You don't, like, don't. Don't listen to other podcasts, regardless of what Renata says or what I said earlier when she said to listen to Rachel and Miles, which you should listen to because it's so good. Yeah. But just like listen to us and it's better and you don't have anything better to do. Probably. I mean, we don't. This this shows up at lunchtime on Monday for me. Do you really want to be doing anything after lunch on a Monday? No. Your job is terrible. I know it. I've been on the internet. Everyone's job is terrible. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, those are important closing thoughts. Yeah. Good. We've made them. Oh, Uh, we have have another important closing thought, which is that we're going to watch the Twilight movie on the internet. The first one, not New Moon, but regular Twilight. The regular Twilight, like, first, like... Bella, Edward, oh my god, he's a vampire, because I googled it. 
and they go to the prom and all that other shit. Yeah. It is streaming on Netflix if you have Netflix. If not, go get the DVD. Yes. Or, like, whatever you do to get movies. Uh, I'm not judging you. Acquire it. Mm-hmm. borrow it from your friend or the internet yeah or whatever. um we'll be doing that sunday october 4th at seven o'clock yeah if you want you can drink we're not gonna stop you yeah. we're probably not gonna drink this much we might drink some yeah i'll we'll tweet I, about it that's another sunday so probably we'll have Call our lesson by then day whatever so seven o'clock eastern time yeah six o'clock central other time zones figure it out we'll probably post a what time is this where i am link on our website which is worstbestsellers.com and also our twitter which is at worstbestseller with no s i will also probably post this on my personal twitter which is at 14 across and mine is at Renata Snacks. And don't forget, there's also the Facebook, which is Worst Bestsellers, normally. Okay, uh, Caroline, you say your things. I am, my Twitter is at Caroline Pruitt, which is P-R-U-E-T-T. I also, I blog at fantasticfangirls.org and panels.net are, and, you know, maybe other places, depending. Yeah, do you have anything that's .com? Just no, I, yeah, I should. I mean, I guess Twitter.com. Twitter.com. My, my Twitter.com is Caroline. <laughs> so, all right. That's about it. Okay. We'll be back in two weeks with uh, Dinosaur Erotica Dino Park After Dark by Christy Sims and Alara Branwin. Should be real sexy. Wow. Yeah, super sexy. We made sure to choose the one where the ladies and dinosaurs are like appropriately the same size. <laughs> Instead Wait, of are we even sure? I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet either. But there's like the T Rex one. We're not doing that because that seems terrifying. I know, like a T Rex penis would be so big compared to a lady. We'll talk about this in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> that for now we're just doing vampire peen, werewolf peen, Which, and not did even. Did you really. know you could buy like a dildo that is supposedly like vampire peen on the internet? I'm not surprised, but I don't think I knew that. A regular dildo. Because it's not like it's not like made of silicone. Is it sparkles? It sparkles. It's harder, and you freeze it before you use it. Okay. Which we'll link to that probably (laughs) if we can find it. Great, great. Okay, seriously, thanks to everyone who has listened to this podcast for a year. That's very exciting. Um, Thanks to Caroline for being our first guest and our current guest and our guest in the middle somewhere. And thanks to everyone who's listened to this whole thing. We're about halfway through. We got real drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Real drunk. Guys, drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Don't. Don't drink drink in podcasts, probably. Don't drink underage. We don't advocate drinking when you're all old. If you're Mormon, don't drink because you're not allowed. I mean, <laughs> I guess if you want to. I don't care. I'm not, yeah. like, your Mormon priest or whatever. No. Um, thanks also to Duarte for being a good kitty. And thanks to Becca for editing this. She's going to have to listen to so much of this. She's so very sorry. concerned that we've already had too much. <laughs> Becca, we love you. Ew. You should probably have a drink before you do this. Yeah. Or two or three. Although we're saying this at the end, so sorry we didn't warn you in advance. (laughs) Okay, this has been New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for listening, etc. 
Bye. Bye. Also, I'm a very efficient peer. But anyway, Twilight.